Now entering Nerdist.com. True it. With a guy named Kevin. True it. And this other guy, Steve. True it. From the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. True it. They're gonna get chewy. True it. They might even get me. True it. But they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Hey, alright everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. On behalf of Steve Lemmy, this is Kevin Heffernan. Thanks for joining us. Um, we have a very cool episode this week. Uh, we got a chance to sit down with our good friend, Larry Scher, who is one of the top comedy cinematographers in the business. Um, he's an A-list DP, and uh, we were lucky enough to work with him on Club Dread. And we became great friends, and uh, after that, we worked together on the Dukes of Hazard. And uh, from there, he went on to just great things. Um, uh, he, probably the biggest uh, success that he's had, he shot all the Hangover movies. Uh, he was the DP for Hangover 1, 2, and 3, uh, which obviously are huge, huge movies. And um, in between, he shot a lot of other great movies. He shot uh, Garden State, which is a beautiful movie. He shot... Um, Paul, he shot I Love You Man, he shot uh, The Dictator with Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, so just a, a ton of, of great movies, great comedy movies, he worked with great actors and directors, and uh, we had a lot of fun uh, sharing stories uh, from all those movies, uh, really funny stories, and uh, so if you like movies, uh, you're really going to like this, I think, you know, like cinematographers are guys who you don't hear a lot from. Uh, and uh, this is a great chance to talk to a guy and find out, you know, how do you become a cinematographer and how do you rise to the top of your uh, profession and uh, what does it take to shoot a comedy movie versus another kind of movie? And uh, we go through all that stuff. So it's really a really fun conversation. Uh, I think you guys are going to like it. Um, so before we get going, though, let me do some plugs um, because uh, we have a ton of... Uh, live shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, this big tour going on starts, and uh, we're really excited about it, and we want to make sure everyone knows about it and everyone comes down and, and uh, sees the shows. And so uh, let me run through the dates and, and come see it and tell your friends and, and uh, bring your friends with you, and we'll have some beers and have a good time. But um, it starts in a couple weeks, actually. May 29th is the first date. We'll be in Baltimore on Wednesday, May 29th at Auto Bar. And then uh, May 30th, we'll be in Arlington, uh, Virginia at the Arlington Draft House. Then Friday, May 31st, we'll be in Boston at Royale Boston. Uh, Saturday night, June 1st, we'll be in Philly at Underground Arts and then Sunday night, June 2nd, we'll be in Brooklyn at the Bell House. Then we're going to take a couple of weeks off and then uh, head back out on June 19th. We'll be in Kansas City, Missouri at the Riot Room. And uh, June 20th, we'll be in Milwaukee at Miramar Theater. June 21st, we'll be in Chicago at Abbey Pub. Saturday, June 22nd, we'll be in Des Moines at Woolies, and we'll wrap it up on Sunday, June 23rd, Minneapolis at Mill City Nights. 
So there it is, bang, Baltimore, Arlington, Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, Kansas City, Milwaukee, Chicago, Des Moines, and Minneapolis. Wow, that's going to be awesome. Um, for tickets, uh, go to our website. Uh, we're at heffernanlemmy.com, just our last names, Heffernan, then Lemmy, L-E-M-M-E.com. Um, we'll have all the info on there for how you can buy tickets. And... Uh, uh, or you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Heffernan Rules, and Lemmy is at Steve Lemmy. And all our information's on there. All information is on our Facebook page, which is uh, Heffernan Lemmy also. And um, if you want to know what our show's like, uh, a lot of people ask us that. If you want to know what our show's like, go on Netflix. And um, our last show is up there. It's uh, called Fat Man, Little Boy, streaming on Netflix. And, uh, you know, we do some stand-up, we tell some stories from making the movies, we drink some beers with the audience, we bring some audience people up on stage, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So, um, that was our old show. This is the new show. This is the new one. This is an all-new show. Uh, so come on out and see it. Uh, we'd love to hang out with you guys. Um, okay. That is it. So, uh, without further ado, let's chew it. With Larry. This is Steve Lemmy. Hey, it's Kevin Heffernan. Welcome to uh, another episode of Chewing It. We um we have a guest here with us, and so you you you, you have to chew with us. Go ahead, chew. Okay, now That's chew solo. Good. Now chew solo. By the way, so slow. Hearing people chew is one of the most annoying things. That's that, that's it, what a lot of people have been saying to us on the podcast. It's like something that I think people hate. Rates me so much, but yeah. that makes us want to do it more. That's the problem. Like we get yeah. comments like, "Please don't do that," and then you want to do it. Partly more. because you there's tell a child nobody. Not- well, that's it. There's nobody who chews louder than my father, okay. and it annoys the crap. How loud out of does me? More so, my wife. I love it. Then my son starts chewing loudly. I know I do it. Because so I you see have that a, look on her a face. Child, you have a thing. I, there's a whole thing you. about listening to chewing. You hate yes. chewing. How loudly does your father chew? Does he eat with his mouth he open? Has absolutely no idea how loudly he chews. Yeah, he's like uh, right, the worst is like soup, right? Like, like slurps it, <laughs> but like clam chowder, something real. No, usually thick. it's soup that makes okay. his. Well, you can talk about that on the show, slurping it, but chewing <laughs> it is a whole different. But thing. have you have you Listen, said anything to him? About it? Have you, has anyone no, ever said Why can't you? Why can't you do that? Why can't you say, "Hey, Dad"? Because it's chew also, so he's loud. seventy-three years old. He's not going to sure. change. Sure. Okay. Well, let's hear your chew. Because you chew you, one more time. You bailed out. Yeah. Give it to me. Well, you chew okay. like a pussy. It's a slower chew. I don't have anything that's in my a, mouth. He's a slower can chew. Can you chew with? Yeah, but that's like your. Uh, it's not squirrel. chewing. Yeah, it's like you're mixing uh, tuna fish. Lemme. Here, you. Uh, I usually do this, but I'll chew something. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good chew. You guys are actors. That's a good chew. And you are a studier. You're a photographer of actors. All right. Uh, Our guest today is our good friend. A very special friend. A-list director of photography, Mm. Larry Scher. Mm. Or Lawrence. Do you go by Lawrence? No, Larry. I only go by Lawrence because it looks better. A long name with a short last name. That's another thing I want to talk about, about DP names. I want to talk about that. Well, then I should be Lorenzo. You should be like... I'd be way more successful. Like Janos. I mean, how much more successful could you be? Let's let's go through his resume. I got got a thing here. Here's here's what uh, Larry Scher has photographed. Here's what he has done. Uh, All the Hangover movies. Holy shit. Due Date, The Dictator, Garden State, Paul, I Love You Man, Dukes of Hazard, Club Dread. Yeah. By the way, you did that in backwards chronological order. I, I, I went what I thought like the, the biggest, like the biggest movies and then to the smallest movies. And so Bacchus, we put ours last. Bacchus. Club Dread was Humble. chronologically the first. Well, but it's not, well. And then right, Garden State, or, and then Dukes of Hazard. 
Garden State, I did. Garden State after after Club, Club Dread. Dread, but it came out I think before. It Club sure Dread. did. Yeah, yeah. It sure did. And then Deuce of Hazard. Club Dread Deuce taught me everything I needed to know. I, for well, Garden you State. you know what you came in. I remember because you know you we interviewed the directors of photography, and you came in. Uh, pretty much with things storyboarded and a plan for keeping the cost low, which I didn't think was something that any other director of photography did. I remember we we sat down at, a, at like a picnic bench. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in in Santa Monica, and you had your pre- very impressive presentation. Oh, thanks. And you had your th- the way that you were going to. <laughs> I should probably prepare more. I should have prepared for this. Now no, no, need, we have to prepare. Did I need storyboards? No, no, no. We have to. Prepare. You don't have to prepare. No, no oh, storyboards. Okay. No storyboards. We just you know, we just okay. So we go through your list. Uh, this impressive list. This is an incredible list, you know. And you it have a, sounded good when you said it more so than I recall. You have a twin brother named Gary. Well, right? now can I tell a story about that? <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's funny. The way I found out about that was I believe it was at the Club Dread premiere. Is it one? It was either the Club Dread or the Dukes of Hazard. Dukes. Was that where I met him? Yeah. But I remember being in the bathroom uh, beforehand with him and walked by. And I was like, I was like, what up? To him, and he was like, he's like, hey, how's it going? And like, kept walking. I was like, oh well, Larry's in a fucking mood tonight, right? And because he's an identical twin, yes, brother. identical right. twin, right? Yeah, with maybe like, if I was gonna give, if I was gonna say what the difference was, it's like if somebody is the G, Larry and Gary, Larry and Gary. It's yeah. actually Andy, but yeah, well, you know, I like Gary. I like too. Gary. Too. No, yeah. but well, for the purpose of the show <laughs> and for my brother's anonymity, we'll call him Gary. Okay. If somebody hit Gary upside the head with a pillowcase full of oranges that just one Whoa. time just one time is that right or, i mean hit you no hit you I oh mean. hit me yeah. say did. now that sounds more like right. that's yeah, what i meant yeah, to yeah. say okay he's pillow he did not get hit by a pillowcase no, no, of no. Oranges. he's like no if, if somebody hit you yeah that we would come out with gary oh well i, because, I think it would be the opposite so you think he's better looking no oh okay so that's no, what no, i mean no. you're I'm better looking but he's like he's more the fit and he's skinnier and he's like you know he looks oh, like I thought a you were better saying, health human. What being. I'm saying, I thought you're saying if you somebody hit him in the bag of oranges, would Gary feel it? Oh, that's <laughs> a whole that's, that's, that's a whole other thing. No, no, that that's a whole other animal. True. Like, do you think right now Gary is someplace just enjoying himself? He's just giddy. Like, oh, yeah. I feel great. He's having a good time. No, he's feeling like, why don't they call me Andy? Yeah, no, like, that's true. You know, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's a outside of Orlando. Dude. Yeah, right. you think he just? Well, he's a urologist. He's a dick doctor. Pecker checker. checker. Can you pecker. Say yeah, you can say whatever. Fuck yeah. doc, yeah. Beck, fuck pecker checker. He's a pecker checker. Yeah. So he's a doctor. Your whole family's like doctors, right? My my father is a doctor. Pathologist, clinical pathologist, like okay. Quincy. No, that's forensic. You're right. Yeah. Like Quincy's friend in the lab. Right, the one who works in the lab. Yeah, the it guy must, who doesn't he, come does up. Does he drive his lab partners crazy with his eating, with his <laughs> chewing sounds? They're like, he's I'm trying retired. to study a cadaver. He's not retired, but that might have played into it. Yes. What, uh, okay, then let me get on track here. Like, what, how did you become a DP? Like, your whole family's doctors. Yeah. This is what I want to know. You're a kid from Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, you played baseball in college. Yep. Right, like DPs are guys like named Janusz, like from Eastern Europe, you know, Europe or something. Christoph. Yeah, and they have like all consonants in their names. Yeah, with like long flowing hair. Like how? None of that the fuck was Did me. you become a DP? Yeah. How yeah. did that happen? Frankly, it was, it wasn't a direct path by any stretch. The one thing was I was a bit of a jock in high yeah. school. Yeah. But I went to college. I went to Wesleyan right. University, which is like a small Division three school in, in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. What's up, Connecticut? I'm from. Yep. Shout out. <laughs> what up, Connecticut? <laughs> I think I was going to be a doctor. And okay. I took like chemistry 141, I think it was called. Hated it. Yeah. And I think I was just, oh, I'll be a doctor because it's like the family thing and also just felt like a good you Jewish have, person thing to do. Did yeah. you have an area, a specific area you thought you might go into of, of doctoring? No. Okay. No. At this point, it was like, oh, freshman year of college. Yeah. What do you start to think about what you want to do? Right. Hated that. 
Then I was like, oh, I'll probably be a lawyer. Right. Which you know? happened to me. Yeah. You were actually. A, I became a lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You actually right. passed the bar. Did I, you did. Not? I did. In two states. I did. Like my we wife. only mention it every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like to throw my resume. You're like, yeah, a, it's like at the end of TMZ. That, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, I got disillusioned by that. And I thought, well. I became an economics major, and I actually graduated Wesleyan as an economics really? major. Really? Yeah. And did they not have any kind you know it's in film? They had a great film program. They did, right? Like a lot of people great come from Wesleyan program. out here. Yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Bay, Joss Whedon. Right, right, right. Keeper right, right. Goldsman. Like, like, they're great. Like, Mike White, Zach Penn. There's, like, great writers sure. and directors that have had you For and, a small school, a very small school. It's like the Wesleyan mafia. And right. in your life to this point, had you had any interest in the arts, storytelling, or photography? Yeah, even? photography. Okay. My dad, who hated being a doctor... I mean, I think hate might be too strong, but he was not like an inspired doctor from what I could see from my position as a child. Yeah. But loved photography and mostly nature photography. So he had tons of passion for that and cameras and all these things. And there was like a school trip actually to Paris, which sounds like I was like highfalutin, but it wasn't. It was like, I don't know what. It was like a French class trip to Paris. Is it Wesleyan or in high school? No, this is in high school. school. I was like 15 years old. My dad gave me a camera, still camera, and I took pictures that whole week. Um, you loved it. I, I kind of loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I looked at the pictures and I could see that like there was a little bit of an aptitude there. Okay. But then, boom, just hung it up and just went right back to baseball. But interestingly enough, senior year in high school, I broke my nose playing baseball. Oh, you did? I did. I can't even tell. A line drive to the yeah. face or a baseball bat to the nose? Worse than that. Oh, oh, worse. What? Than what? 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 No, more embarrassing than that. Oh, you what? fell on you your fell face? In the no, dugout? warming up to go into the game, uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> Playing, you know, you're basically hard tossing with the catcher, right? Right, and there was a hit, and we're hard tossing really like back and forth, like in a rhythm, yeah. right? 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 Boom! 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 And there's a hit, and so I looked over at the base paths to see who got a hit. Yeah. And when oh. I turned back, the baseball was literally right in front Holy of my shit. eyes. Holy shit! Broken nose. Do you remember <laughs> when we made Club Dread? Yeah. We would sit in the ocean after every day of shooting, yes. and we would play a game uh, where like, right, a bunch right, the of ball us, game. the ball game with the tennis ball, and some people- Wet ball. Wet ball. Yeah. yeah. So there'd be like all of the guys there, and kind of like two teams, but really two, there was no, nothing team about it. Right. It was just two it was, groups of guys, like himself, yeah. maybe 50 yards apart or 50 feet apart or something yeah. like that. And if you had the ball, the idea was to whip it as hard as you could and skip it and see if you could hit somebody. That's right. And I- Fucking nailed you in the eye, Heffernan. <laughs> I did like so me. hard that I felt badly about yeah. it. Yeah, like, I actually thought, not for your well-being, but for the film, I thought you were going to get a big shiner. <laughs> oh, thanks, Levy. It had nothing to do with me. It had to do no. with we yeah. fucked up the movie. But it was sweet because I remember you and I had been trying to nail each other all that whole session. Right. I was like, we were just kept aiming for each other, aiming right. for each other, and finally, I turned to somebody. I even think it might have been you, Larry, and I said, watch this. Mm-hmm. And I fucking burned <laughs> one and skipped one, and it just clocked you right in the right, eye. Right, right. You actually were not hurt by <laughs> it. I got, Ow! You were more shocked at Ow! everything like that. And the whole, after that, all you wanted was to get me back. But oh. you know what? You never did. Oh, I will. You never did. Larry probably didn't even play that game because he was afraid of his trauma of the broken nose, right? No, I played that game. But okay. it's funny because my experience, from my perspective of Club Dread... And the first day, like, arriving in Mexico was actually a very funny one. Because in one I've told again, which is just, who are these guys that I'm getting into right. business who with? Who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. We get yeah, that but a lot, it was, it, was a, it was awesome because <laughs> I was and That's like, when you were like, damn my wonderful presentation. <laughs> who the fuck are these guys? Well, two things came to mind. Well, here, I'll go back just 60 seconds just to yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not done with the, uh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. how did you become a DP? But the short of it was... 
I don't want the short of it. I want the long of it. You're getting it. I'd like the short. <laughs> it's already of it. long. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get long. You want the long of it? I, I think it's an interesting question. How does a guy become a director of photography? Yeah. Oh, so for six games, I couldn't play baseball, yeah. and I actually took pictures of our team for like the local newspaper. Okay, and that was kind of fun. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. So that okay. was kind You're of like, like Jimmy the Olsen. arts. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then when I got back, I was Superman on the map. Hey, come there on, you go. Look out. come yeah. on, look out. Okay. So I went to Westland, but and then when, wait, when can things I, can went I ask you south, a question? Can yeah, I interrupt for sure. For a second, because you were talking about uh, in France when you had an aptitude for it. Okay, yeah. so I, I'm assuming that applies to the baseball pictures too. Do you mean like you were finding you were framing things, you composing things, or even like you were using f-stop and no, aperture and no, all that simply stuff? Simply compositional stuff. Okay. Like I remember, my dad looked at the pictures afterwards, and he was like, "Holy crap, these this are really pretty good." Yeah. It was like, "This is really good." And yeah. my, I'd, I'd seen my dad's pictures and stuff like that, so I had and, some sense of just okay composition or something. But I could see a little something. And was there the odd shot of like the French girl's ass or something in there, like <laughs> a little perversion to go with that? I or? wish I should try to drum them up. I'm sure there was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did try to hit on a prostitute when I was there okay. at 15. Okay, Natural. out of curiosity, it was new. Yeah, it, uh, my French was terrible. Right. But uh, they went pretty let far. Let me speak French. What was fun about that trip was our teacher was like, you are in France, so drink wine. We yeah. were all 14, Do it. When 15 in, years old. When in Rome. And she was like, when in Rome, yeah. yeah. Uh, you it know, was an it, amazing trip. Do you know how you say prostitute in, in French? I wish I knew that. Fille de joie. Fille de joie. Yeah, uh, lady of joy. Fille de joie. Am I supposed to repeat? No, no, you don't have to. <laughs> Let me say prostitute in any language. No, but there's a reason. <laughs> there's puta. That's Spanish. <laughs> I don't want you to go through that. No, no, but I, <laughs> I want to hear his story. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. All right, so you're, you're in, in Wesleyan. France. You're, you're in Wesleyan. taking great pictures. He's in Wesleyan now. Now you're in Wesleyan. Yeah, but then I basically just yeah. went to Wesleyan to do, do my thing and try to play baseball and all that. Um, but got disillusioned by trying. I just knew I didn't want to be a doctor, and, and I took economics because I thought it was like a challenging course at Wesleyan. It was like one of the best majors at Wesleyan. I thought okay. it'd be challenging. And uh, enjoyed it for a little while, but then also got disillusioned with that. And at Wesleyan, one of the best programs there is actually their film program. And oh. so I took a basically a class that was called Language of Film, which was in a lot of ways it's the best class at Wesleyan because you literally every class just watched a movie. Sure, we did that. Let me know. Yeah, that it's great. Yeah. And yet, in spite of the fact that it was just super easy... It did sort of awaken this sort of sleeping thing inside that was like a creative side of me that I had really not been dealing with for the last couple of years. And I instantly was like, I, I want to take more classes. So I just started taking other film classes. And it was pretty it was pretty like cut and dry. It was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do for the rest of my but life. But at that point, it wasn't like de- you wanted to be a director of photography. It was like you want to make movies. Exactly. Or what was the whole... I loved now looking at movies as an art form and as a way to tell... It just This is like, it's not just... How enjoyable it is to go see a movie, which, of course, I grew, grew up and sure. watched movies all my whole life and yeah. loved them and was really influenced by them. But more so just like, oh, this is a craft. This is a craft you could learn. This is something you yeah. could do and you could do for a living. And so for me, friends of mine who were film majors, and I was too late for me to switch majors, were like, well, you can help with our short films. And because I had this aptitude of sorts for camera work, I was like, well, can I just be the cameraman? Yeah. And so I did that. And, and so, so you made two some... friends, I helped them make their short films. Okay. And, and you shot those films? Shot those films. On what? On like an Eclair, which was uh-huh. like an old 16 millimeter so, camera that existed at Wesleyan. Yeah. Terrible little cameras. I mean, they, they worked great, but they were like really sort of tricky to use and all that. I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew just enough to frame up a shot. I didn't know anything about lighting. Didn't right. know anything about the things that are actually more important yeah. and where did you, to, I, to my I, job now. When you started that. learning those things, when? On the job? On the job. Like, well, so you get out of Wesleyan and you decide... Oh, then I get out of Wesleyan. By the time I was like a senior at Wesleyan, 
outside of the fact that I was still an economics major, and mind you, barely graduated. And when right. I say barely graduated, embarrassingly, you're talking so. to a guy who failed out of college. Over yeah, there. let me. I so, like to uh, say I dropped out okay. of college. So yeah. don't don't worry about that. Well, here I'd sort of. Already checked out of being an economics major. <laughs> no judgments here. That <laughs> but yet, in your major at Westland, you had to have a B minus average in total yeah. okay. for your time there. I like to, to graduate. Say, I like to say en toto. <laughs> in toto. En toto. En That's toto. my new favorite term, en toto. I like okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I needed a B minus on my last macroeconomics course test like fine like that semester yeah and i got a c plus and it was devastating i mean devastating not only because your fault i was never going to be an economics major i mean i was never going to work in economics there was no threat of me going to wall street and starting all of this mess (laughs) like it wasn't my fault so i'm like just graduate me i will never embarrass you as an economics major from wesley (laughs) right they wouldn't do it okay so and this is the worst summer of my life i was caddying for like the last three summers every summer to earn money yeah at a golf course in New Jersey, and I had to stick around all summer. I was ready to leave for Los Angeles the next day, oh, right. man. and I had to take a test with three other schmucks like me, Dunce also economics. Yeah, all of it. We were all stupid jocks, and right. we were all yeah. like guys. And it was a, it was just a, and I had walked. I did actually walked during graduation with an empty diploma. Oh yeah, we had yeah. friends like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Martin Scorsese was getting like an honorary degree yeah. that day from Wesleyan, and. Oh my he didn't god! Know. My parents he were didn't there. Know. He didn't know right. what you felt. I, but they're telling my parents, like, "Oh yeah, this diploma is going to be empty." By the way, oh, so, I remember that we had because we had the same thing. Our oh, friend, god, we had a, a a swim test you had to pass. Right, oh, motherfucker! I wish like, it was I hate a swim that. Test. I swear to God, <laughs> what happened was you could go you all the way well, through Colgate then. University and you had to pass a swim test, and some people didn't do it. And one of our close friends, who was in our movies, her name is Allison Clapp. She was in our comedy group, and she did not take Ugh. or pass the swim test. Yeah. And I remember it was this, they didn't let her graduate. I remember, I remember marching, uh, you know, up the aisle and walking up to the stage and, Jay, you know, Jay and I are there and we look out and there's Allison in the crowd just sadly waving oh. to us. They didn't let her march because she didn't That's fucking take a fucking swim bullshit. test. I almost didn't get to get to walk in my, at my Dalton graduation ceremony because I missed the rehearsal. And that was oh I, my god! And I had bullshit. I had yeah. You were like legitimately graduating. I was legitimately graduating. I heard finally hearing that right. I mean, no, this is before I dropped out of college. Okay, okay. chronologically. No, but I was saying you had, you had got kicked out of that school and then came back to it, right? I did. Well, that's another story. We'll tell you, we'll tell you some other time. <laughs> another story. Quit throwing shit at me. Water, so. yeah. But the short of it. So then I, I, I went back and studied legitimately studied that whole economics summer. economics yeah, to, to pass exciting. this test so I could move out to Los Angeles. And I remember the test was in, incredibly hard and totally opposite of all the preparation they'd given us. And I think the teacher was just fucking with us. Yeah. Because all of us looked at each other in this class. It was like four of us. And we all looked at each other like, we are fucked. Right. Yeah. Right. Because now we, what, we have to do this again in, in three more months? Was there one jock and in there? she passed us. I know we all failed, but she just let it go. It was like a trial. You put your final. time in. You put Basically, your time in. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. Final. And the next day I got in a car and I drove to Los Angeles. You did? Okay. By yourself? No, with a friend of mine who okay, just who wanted to work in well. film. He was an actor, friend, okay, who was like a very close friend of mine. And his name friends. is Bradley Pitt. <laughs> 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 who was it? Is he a famous actor? He's not a famous actor. Okay, but he's okay. a great guy. Okay, and so his you name's did- Kevin Richardson. Yeah, great okay. dude. But we moved out, and so we came out there, and I 
was like damned if I'm going to find work as a cameraman. That was what I was going to do. But like you couldn't just jump into it. You must have had to PA and AC and all the other shit. Yeah. I camera department PA. Yeah, I didn't really know anybody. Yeah. I had interned for one summer at Miramax, but okay. I had read scripts. In New and, York? In New York, yeah. Okay. yeah. And they kind of gave me, like I remember calling and she thought I was somebody else, the woman I'd worked for all summer. Yeah. And uh, she thought, like, when she answered the phone excitedly, like, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, and then hey, when she saw it was, like, an intern yeah. who yeah, was yeah. calling her, asking oh, for her guy. job. Right. Yeah, she just, like, was, like, get the, what, why are you calling me? And <laughs> right. I was like, all right, I'm going to L.A. Fuck this New York shit. <laughs> right. And so I got out here, and I was, like, reading scripts for a living. I did get a job, like, doing coverage yeah, of scripts. Yeah, I did that yeah. for Miramax. I did that. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had had some coverage for Miramax, which yeah. helped me get this job. Maybe I wrote it. Maybe I wrote the coverage. Did you Did you come across any scripts that ultimately got made and became huge hits? Well, the one story about coverage was when I was at Miramax, they gave me something to read. Yeah. And like they're like, read it. This guy has a book. It's supposed to be really good. Here's a screenplay for something totally different. Go check it out. And I just ripped it apart. I'm like, this guy might know You're how to write asshole. books. <laughs> You're the asshole. But man alive, can he not write a screenplay? Yeah, like right. I just was like, I'm going to take a stand here. I'm yeah, going to like yeah. put myself out there. This yeah. is what they, you know, they want an opinion. I know, but those kill us. And the that writer the was John Grisham. And the, book, <laughs> <laughs> and the book had not come out yet, but it was The Firm. Yeah, yeah. The screenplay was not for The Firm, mind okay, you. Right. Uh, is a Pelican brief? Yeah. No, the screenplay... <laughs> And this is to my defense, and, and is like did eventually get made, and it was okay. the worst John Grisham movie, Which and the, the worst client, Robert Altman movie of all time. Which was it? Gingerbread Man. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was right. Fair okay. enough. Ultimately, You're right. I was right. The screenplay should never have gotten made. Right. John Grisham had a nice. But part. that whole coverage thing is fucking. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> and, and he, we, we should probably explain though, like what ha- coverage is. In the studios, yeah. they have the department, a coverage department, and basically it's for people who don't have time to read scripts. They send the script that they have some lackeys, some young kids in there. They read the script and they write a synopsis and they write their opinion of the script, and then it goes onto some desk of some executive. Yeah, and they, the executive like, they grade it the coverage. It. Yeah, yeah, and they basically, if they give it a really high mark, it does move up right. the ladder and go further into the system. Or, and this is the most unfortunate part. If it, it doesn't get a right. good mark, get it could be the fucked. stop. It could be the place where the screenplay never goes some, forward. Some shithead exactly. did that to you. Yeah. Who yeah. like really wants to be a DP and is just well, reading that's so he right. can make fifty right. bucks yeah. a script. Yeah. A script yeah. is reading this thing yeah. and, and judging your life's work. Okay. okay, so you're writing coverage at, out here at Fox. Yeah, you're doing coverage exactly. Okay. On the yeah, lot, yeah, were you on the lot, or they just send things no, to your no, home? No, I just did it at home. Yeah, they send scripts at home. And unfortunately, like schoolwork, you know, you would get a like ten scripts on a Monday, and you'd have to deliver them the next Monday. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Sunday night, I would just pull an all nighter. Oh yeah, and, and not do, do the best job and do that you eight could scripts. Yeah, yeah. Right. Some and, and how far would you read like twenty pages and then be? No, like, no, I would always read everything. Yeah, but flying. But I was it. like, no, not flying through it. It would take two hours, no matter what. Yeah. But and just, the coverage takes time. But I would like, end up treating it like I would procrastinate because yeah. it's kind of yeah. was my thing. Yeah, but um, but I remember. All the while trying to get work as a camera assistant because that's right. the best way to so work when you yourself start up. Doing that when you start getting that stuff, like for how long? Like a couple months into living in L.A., yeah, I was like, I I didn't. My dad knew. One, I didn't know anybody in L.A. Yeah, I had no contacts. Yeah. right. Except my what dad. What year is this? Nineteen ninety two. October okay. of nineteen ninety two is when I came out. Got it. Okay. Uh, Twenty one years ago. Yeah, and um, my dad's like, I have a doctor friend whose son works in the business. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get to his son. This is his, Brad Pitt. No, <laughs> okay, okay. the son was this guy Steve Golan, who was part. He was the the two owners. He was one of two owners of Propaganda Films, which okay. is like the biggest 
commercial production company in the world at right. the time. Right. Like you name it, Fincher, uh, Michael Bay, Antoine Fuqua, all these like major Hollywood directors now were all doing commercials for propaganda at the time. Right. Couldn't get to him. Okay. But his younger brother uh, was a f- like a fledgling writer at the time. And so I could get, I went and had lunch with him. Yeah. Okay. So he said, "Well, I'll take you over to Propaganda because it was his older brother's like sure studio." And we walked through the halls, and he goes, "Hey, this guy's making a music video tomorrow. You want to work on it?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll work for free." Yeah. And it was Antoine Fuqua. Oh, sweet. And it was an Al B. Shore video. Nice. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> which right, I was awesome. super excited about. Okay. I was like, yeah. Oh, you're a rap guy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love rap. Yeah, like, I was like, Larry's a big rap guy. guy. Yeah. I I rapped. With Albie Shore. Oh, really? What? I did. That's pretty exciting. Where? At, at like City Crab or something? No. It was a, but, but you're not too far <laughs> off. It was uh, one night in New York City. I was with three of our college friends. Mm-hmm. And we, we were doing a four-credit card night. Okay. Each guy would pay his credit card at a, at a different bar. Okay. And uh, th- we're like 21. So these sure. were like real, these were probably like Your debit cards. cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they were certainly at $1,000 max. Yeah. But at the fourth place, there was a band playing called the Hotheads. Okay. And Albie Shore got up on stage and started rapping um, Sucker MCs by Run DMC, oh my God. which I happen to know every word of. Okay. All right. And about two verses in, he forgot the words. Oh, shit. All right. What? He, oh, because it's not his it's song. It's not his song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, I am a professional breakdancer. <laughs> okay. And, and also, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, the I, New York City I liked rap. I liked Run DMC, goddamn. Sure. Sure. And I got up there and I did the third verse for Albie Shore. And at the end of it, like, we fucking complicated handshaked it out and like hugged oh it out oh my god but this is pre-iPhone you don't even have video of this no no. Uh, but I have m- you have your mental you have a real mind yeah you have the story yeah that's right. a good so what are you doing that, what did you do in that video what did you do I just ran film. I was a PA so okay. I ran well, film back shit, and forth shit jobs yeah Grunt. shit job yeah I was basically a runner but, the, but while I was there I basically hassled the camera department I said listen I really want to learn about camera can I you know I'll do anything I'll work for free which yeah. is really what you have to do and I was doing coverage one night. It was like Friday. This was like one night I was getting a little ahead of the game. And one of those people from that video called and said, we need a loader second assistant camera person, which is like the lowest person yep. on the, in the camera department. And we need them to work tomorrow mm-hmm. for like a three-week movie. Can you do it? I was like, absolutely. Do you know how to load? Do you no, know how to load did film? not okay. know how to load a camera okay. at all. Right. Because you didn't learn that at Wesleyan. Wesleyan sure. was mostly theoretical. Sure. So I drove out to the valley, and they taught me all night how to load the, the camera. And what kind of camera? Are we talking about like a It was an Aeroflex okay. BL4, okay. which was at the time like the premier camera. It was right. like yeah, they shot Fargo on that camera. Sure. It's an amazing camera. Right. And so I spent all night doing that. Then I came home. This was like they – so they, I, they called me on that Friday, but they said, come out on Sunday. We're prepping the camera. We'll get it all ready. So I did all that stuff. I was super excited, learned how to load the cameras. But I still had five scripts to do coverage on. <laughs> so I came home. Okay. And uh, I did all my coverage. And my call time was at 8 a.m. And okay. I remember this. Because it was 6.30 and I was done. Right. I fa- this is, you had to fax it all. You 6.30 a.m. you finish your coverage. Or 6.30 Yeah, I thought, I could get okay. an hour's sleep. Oh. Right. Which was a terrible mistake. Oh, my God, Larry. Terrible mistake. Oh, my God. And so, sure enough, 9 a.m. or 8.30. Oh, I'm starting to not like this My phone rings. Fuck. And they're like, where the hell are you? Yeah. Oh, no. And it was not far from here. It was was in a house near here. It was this low-budget movie. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just leapt out of bed, just ran over there. Right, right. And I did it. And the day actually went really well. Okay. Were they always mad at you? Except, except. Okay. Uh, And again, mind you, I'm prefacing this with I was young. Sure. I was not the most responsible person in the world. And full of gum, as (laughs) I like to say. Exactly. Right. 
But the day actually went well. Like I didn't fuck up. I didn't do all this stuff. And it was getting near the end of the day, and I was now feeling like, oh my god, I got through this day. This is fantastic. Sure. And the second operator slash this guy who's a great guy this guy max malkin who's yeah. like a very successful commercial cameraman he shoots movies as well he said he came into the the camera truck mm-hmm. with a joint because it was like there was like maybe 20 minutes left in the day okay okay and he's like you want to hit yeah i was like yeah sure sure why not yeah because <laughs> now i'm feeling good i'm like right, i just right. got through this great it. first day right. i loaded right. film and yeah. i'm like all the magazines are loaded i'm yeah. feeling like there's nothing that can go wrong here right and sure enough, this, the assistant cameraman mm-hmm. comes running in, like, we need more film. We, we need, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> and now I'm like half high. And I'm like, oh, and man. I'm like loading like a crazy man. But I still get that done. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm like freaking out because yeah. I'm like, why did I even do that? Yeah, what yeah. am I doing? And uh, then the day, the day's done. Okay. You get through it. You know, it's, it's not the greatest first day in the world. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, okay. Finish loading it up, get all the stuff out, and then lock up the camera truck. Oh, fucking A, Larry. And I locked the camera keys in the camera truck. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a PA mistake right worst there. Day, worst PA. first day in the history of time. Did Antoine Fuqua kick your ass? No, this, was, this was on him. Did he say movie. Fuqua you, dude? Yeah, no, this was like... This <laughs> <laughs> Did you call him Anthony F. Uqua? Uh, Holy shit! So you're you're kind of bad. You day. locked the keys in the thing, and, and yeah. So did it they was fire like, you or no? No. Come, okay. No. In in spite of like in spite of that, I ended up finishing out the movie. And those six people that were on that movie in the camera department, including the DP, yeah, and uh, the two camera assistants and this uh, extra operator, were my employers for the next five years. Okay. So they kept hiring you. Yeah. And they taught you. Everything, the business, yeah, and so all the while, who's that? D- is that DP? Is it a, a great guy? DP, this guy, Mike he... Osher. Okay, is super, he shoot other super st- great guy. No, but the Mike Osher story I have is okay. Mike Osher, who then was shooting this, he was shooting MTV Sports, which was like the coolest thing, sure. at the time, sure. You know, it was like Dan Cortez, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and it was like Extreme a tiny crew. sports stuff. Yeah, you would yeah, just yeah. go out and shoot like on a sixty millimeter camera with a sound man and assistant and this and this yeah. uh, and a director producer. And it was like greatest job in the world. And he took me on like five or six of those shoots. Right. And they were the greatest job. But I remember at some point he's like, hey, you know, uh, my girlfriend's kid brother, he's a camera assistant. I think I got to start hiring him. Okay. And I got kicked to the curb. Okay. Yeah. And that camera assistant, Danny Motor. Who ends up? Oh, Mary, Mary and Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, okay. right. Okay, okay. That could have been that. you. You could have been married. I could have been married to Julia Roberts. Yeah, small DP I mean, world. It could have been a whole different deal. What if you were married to Julia Roberts right now? Jess would have something I like to Jess, say. I about. like Jess yeah. better. I like Jess better. <laughs> exactly. um, have you ever met Julia Roberts, Kev? Yes, I have. Because I have. Oh. To, I have. I have. To, I have met her. She was very nice to me. She was very nice. She tucked my leg. I was standing right next to you when she did it. Here, we're at a party. Where did you meet her? We're at a party. And his uh, uh, label was sticking out of his shirt, and really? she walked by, and she's like, "Oh, your label stick!" And she tucked it in, and the two of us are standing there talking. We turn around, and like, "Holy shit!" There's Julia Roberts. She's tucking yeah. Lemmy's fucking tag in, and literally, it's like a hum and a hum and a hum and a hum and a tag. And then she <laughs> gave that million dollar smile, and she walked on. Yeah, she was a pretty woman. When did you start shooting? Like, when did you start shooting your own shit? Okay, so all the while, I'm. Basically, I didn't have really much interest in becoming a camera assistant. I wanted to. Sure. So the way you do it is just shoot. Shoot anything you can. Right. And one of my good friends from college, his name's Scott Wiper, he was making a movie right out of college. His last name's right. Wiper? Yeah. That's a last name guy. Come on. That's a la- guy you call by his last yeah, name. Yeah. Like exactly. Lemmy Wipes. Wiper. We call him yeah. Wipes. Wipes. Okay, Wipes. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. So Wipes is doing what? What's his job? How do you, he help you out? No, Wipes. he wants to, he, we were in college together. And oh. he, he wants to make a movie. A feature, oh, okay. A feature okay. film okay. that okay. he wrote. Okay. 
and he's going to star in and direct. Oh, okay. So I go out to I go to Ohio in his small town where he grew up, yeah. and we make a movie. And for all on sixteen millimeter, yeah, okay. That movie was like full on film school for me because I helped him write the script. We helped, you know, he raised most of the money, but I helped do some of that stuff, which taught about LLCs and limited partnerships yeah, and yeah, all these sure. things. And you know, you're raising money from friends and family to raise, you know, thirty seven, forty five, fifty thousand dollars, like Kickstarter Been there. would be today. Done it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did it with Public Cruiser, yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, and then from, from making the movie, which was like not only shooting it, but also producing it and yeah. just basically all of that stuff to like helping him with editing and post-production and trying to get it sold at like film, film yeah. markets and did the you, next year. Did it get sold? We did sell it. We sold it to like What's the name of the movie? Days. Jurassic called, Park. <laughs> <laughs> no one will have ever seen it. It's called Captain Jack. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, is it, is, but it was great. Did you put the Billy Joel song in there? No. Probably couldn't afford it. Is it about a dude who masturbates by himself and picks his nose? It, it, that would be pretty good, but no. It's actually about a guy who's like a fry cook in the local town who was going to be a great athlete at Ohio State or somewhere near there, and, yeah. but he blew out his knee. Oh, sounds sad. And so now he's it's living- a story. No, no. It's a comic book <laughs> okay. story. Okay. And he- uh, so to fight boredom, like so, he's a fry cook, and so to fight boredom, he dresses up in all his old sports gear, yeah, like a hodgepodge of sports gear, to try to fight crime in this small town. I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> right? now, now I'm I loving like it. it. But there's no crime in the small town. Right. Okay. There's like he's like saving cats from trees and hey, bullshit. Hey, it's just like there's nothing there. Trip. Yeah, exactly. Little girl lost her bike. That yeah. kind of but stuff. Uh, you know, but there's there's a bigger point here which is something you know if anybody who's listening to this podcast who does aspire to is do there something anyone creative, listening at this point yeah, there's like two people uh, yeah but like uh it's you can go to school and and uh, and study all these things but the truest thing is you have to just get out there and do it do it do it do it oh that's the God. only way you can truly learn which is what larry did a hundred percent and the other thing is next thing you know, you're this is the, the hardest part mm-hmm. this is the hardest part because we all have to pay our bills and all that but right. it's also to try as best you can to cut that safety net out because the safety net, that sort of Joe job, could become your only job. Yeah, that could drag you down. Yeah, and there's a thing, and there was a moment in that because I was barely eking out a living as a camera assistant. Sure. And just, you know, anything I was shooting, I wasn't making any money because it was all yeah. for free. Yeah. And I remember I was delivering food. It was this thing called LA Daily. And yeah. It was like the worst job I've ever had in my life right. simply because. I love delivering pizza. I did it all my life through college and all that. But when you deliver pizza, they've ordered pizza and you're giving it to them. Right. Yeah. LA Daily was you'd buy sandwiches, pre-made sandwiches, for like 50 cents each. And you'd then have a route, like a paper route. Oh and you'd God. shuffle through Capitol <laughs> Records and you'd stop at each floor and you'd go, LA Daily. You'd walk around and then you'd stand at the front of the elevator <laughs> And you try to hawk these sandwiches <laughs> right. for like a dollar fifty, right. and you'd make like a buck oh, profit on each. Oh. And then anything that you didn't sell, you would eat all you know all your meals with this shit. Yeah, the worst job ever. I mean, I just couldn't. And you're have, doing that while you're uh, while I'm trying to get camera Jesus, assistant work. Okay. Yeah, but the way you'd make your money is with soda because soda you could buy for ten cents each and sell for a dollar. By right. the way, the liquid is always the way to go yes, at exactly. bars. <laughs> you get ninety nine cents on the dollar. I'm telling you. And I remember. I remember like p- going out of like a stop, uh, uh, what is it, stop and final, whatever the hell that thing's called. Smart and final. Smart and final. Right. Smart right. and final. Right. To buy my sodas. Yeah. And I had like a 50 gallon cooler and I had all the sodas in there. And this old guy stops me and he's like, hey, what you got there? Like a 50 gallon thing? And I'm like, I don't know what it is. It's, you know. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm selling sandwiches and the sodas and stuff. And he's like, that's what, you, that's what you're doing for a living? And he like looked at me like, and I'm like, no, it's not what I'm doing for a living. I'm trying to become a, a filmmaker. Mm. He's like, well, why aren't you doing that? I'm like, it's not that easy. Like, 
Right. You got to work pay your my way rent. up. Yeah, yeah. you got to work your way up. It's not just easy for me to just like start making movies. Right. And at the point, there was like this 21 year old kid named Matty Rich who had made a movie. Yeah. I remember. Uh huh. Can't remember what it was called. But this guy is like, well, I just read somewhere some 20 year old kid made a movie. How old are you? And I'm like, I'm 23. And he's like, I don't know, man. You should be making movies. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like just battling me on every little thing. Right. And I'm like, what do you do for a living? He's like, I own parking lots. I own 50 of them. <laughs> I was like, all right, good for you. So that guy inspired you. It not only inspired me, I literally never went back to LA Daily the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm almost, I never, ever went back. He was shit. like an angel. I'm almost about to cry. <laughs> I'm almost about to cry. That's a He shamed me into basically saying like, what the hell are you doing with and your life? And that's when you went to the Captain Jack thing? Or is that? No. Oh, okay, okay. I had already done that. But again, oh. And it, it, nothing happens like right. Even those things are all steps. Like Captain sure. Jack was an amazing learning experience, but it didn't get really get me on any other work. Right. Dude, well, what's he, the big first? He is an angel. He, that's you yeah. need that kind of shit. He in did. Life. You he kicked that. me in the ass and yeah. basically was like, "Stop it!" You know, because again, every day I was doing that, I was not either camera assisting, which was actually working towards the plan, right. you know, or else well, like else. Uh, kissing Jessica Stein. Is that the first? Yeah, that was probably the first break. Simply how do you get? How do you get a that kind of gig? Like from where you are, Captain Jack. I mean, who? Yeah, because at that point, I'd only shot like these low budget movies. Right. See, like, I did this movie called Shark Attack in South Africa. Yeah, right. right. Oh, I with Casper Van Dien. Yes. I remember that talking about that. I did two Casper Van Dien movies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, but these wait, are, what's the other one? These are what's still the feature one? films. They were real movies yeah. that had no right being hired for. How did you get hired for them? I did a short film for a friend who was also in college, and the assistant director on that film was dating. Oh, this man. girl, okay, and her, her father was this guy Bob Mizrowski, yeah, who was going to make. He was a producer. He had produced like Medicine Man, and he had worked for Carl Co. and like with all the Terminator movies, yeah, big yeah. time sort of producer slash production executive guy, and he wanted to direct. And Avi Lerner, who yeah. is like a huge B movie producer now, he does some A list stuff yeah, like yeah. all those expendable, expendable movies, millennium, and all that. Yeah. millennium, millennium, yeah. and and yeah. and all that new image. Gave him a shot and said, we're making this movie. And it was like a little bank robbery heist movie with Casper Van Dien and Daniel Baldwin and Brian Brown, who, cocktail. Brian Love Brown. It. FX. Brian yeah, FX. FX. Love Brian FX. Brown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Um, and had no right. He interviewed me. And, and like your resume at that Captain point is- I had done Jack okay. and I had done a couple short films and some crappy music videos. And I honestly, I can't speak to it. I mean, in truth, he was the guy who Did gave me a interview? shot. Great interview. Did okay. you make a presentation? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, I was pretty... But, and, but he and, taught me and, a lot, and this also, guy. I bet, this guy taught me so much. I bet you were cheap. Wicked cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's. I mean, you know, frankly, I hate to say it, but... That does come into play. It is a factor in deci- on a budget like... But that's right. I use that to your advantage. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was 25 years old and had never really done anything And now you're professionally a DP. Got, yeah, I remember then I, like drive out to El Paso or just outside El Paso in this little town called Fabens. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you were going to say, I drove down to South Africa, <laughs> got in my car and drove down there. Yeah, uh, and the movie went great. Like we finished three days early and all those guys, like it was just like, it and went everyone really was very so impressed with your work. Yeah, it was just, I, it, it was a huge boost to my confidence because not only did it, I remember it was also very daunting because there were all these trucks, and I was like, Jesus, there's like millions of dollars being spent on this. And right. here I am trying to 25 be years the old. boss yeah. to a bunch of 45-year-old guys that were all my sure. electric crew. <laughs> and I, I remember when I met them, 
it was not that different than meeting the crew in in, in Mexico. Uh, right, right, yeah. right. There was like a glazed look on their face, yeah. like you got to be fucking kidding me. Right. This Who's guy's this our guy? boss. Who's this guy? Yeah. Right. And, and Wait, was, you, you proved yourself though. Are you saying we, we had the glazed look? And no, 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 no. The, that was crew. when Mayamo, Larry Sure, and yeah. they were like, no, they all speak English. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> when I instantly knew we were three days yeah. from shooting and eh, not anybody spoke English. Exactly. Yeah. But now, like. Okay, so so anyway, so, so I done you, some of those crappy yeah, movies, yeah. and then you get kissing Jessica Stein, which is yeah. kind and of like honestly, a calling card in a way. Well, the thing no? about that is, like, with everything, you need like, um, like there are steps in in like a career, and yeah. for a while, I could say like, well, I shot something professionally, I was paid for it, yeah, but nobody had seen those movies sure. or had heard of them. So that doesn't help you. And certainly right. your parents who are like, my son's a DP. <laughs> right. What's he done? <laughs> right. No. Shark nothing. attack. Right. Well, for Kissing Jessica oh, Stein, which was like Van a Dien. tiny movie. Right. And, and the other thing about Kissing Jessica Stein is here I was, now I was 30 years old. And the year before that, that beginning of that year, I decided I was no longer going to take any jobs camera assisting. Because mm-hmm. that's right. how I was earning a living. Right. But I'm like, You're again, cut the safety net. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to be a DP. Yeah. And I literally, and I'm married at this point. I don't have right. kids, thankfully. Right. right. But I have a wife who's, right. you know, looking at me like, what and I'm 30 years going? old. Sure. I'm not like a young guy. Yeah. And I remember I made $6,000 that year. Mm. And the only money I made was on Kissing on Kiss Jessica Kiss Stein. Stein. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. At the right. end of that year. Right. How were you, how were you supporting yourself? Were you living on like food stamps? Or your or wife was probably supporting you. Well, I guess my parents might have been helping me out at the time yeah. or... Jess had, a lawyer. Jess had a yeah, but she right. wasn't she wasn't doing lawyer stuff at that time. No. She was like working nonprofit like she does sure, now. Sure. And, and and I mean we got by. I don't I don't look back at those times and thinking like I was dying of you know, I was like super, super poor, but I was like had nothing you know, I was felt like I was failing, that's for sure. But that movie got you I mean the some key acclaim. was that. Yeah, it was because now it was a movie that was like an independent it was an independent darling. It had a little was, bit exactly yeah. it like won a film festival, it made yeah. money in the theater. Now at least even if people hadn't seen the movie, they could say, "Oh yeah, I'd heard of that." But that's I how do, you I came. To all the time. That's how you got in the door with us. And the 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 costume designer, or I think, recommended me to you guys, who is was it? also on Super Troopers. Oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, Melissa, Melissa, Melissa Bruning, Melissa right. Bruning. Yeah. 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 So okay, so because she had worked on Kissing Jessica Stein. That's, that's right. right. Okay. And Super Troopers had been made just before Kissing Jessica Stein. I remember. That. I remember a lot of our crew and other people were talking oh, about this okay. movie. Okay. They had just done and how funny it was and right. And so that's. So you just came... Okay, so let's go to Club Dread. You just came... That's your first studio yeah, movie. Yeah, it was. Hey, was that a Fox right? Searchlight? Did it they buy that? It was Fox Searchlight. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Not yeah. Kissing Are Jessica you kidding? Stein. I'm talking about Club Dread. Oh, okay, Fox okay. Searchlight bought Kissing Jessica they Stein did. and released yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a little bit of Fox okay. Searchlight. Okay, which is how we got approval. That's, That's probably right. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And so you... I Plus, you, you also gave in. a fantastic presentation. Thank you very much. No, no, I, and I know, like, you think, I see the look in your eye. You think I'm saying that tongue in cheek because I always give you a hard time or people a hard time, but you. Gave a fantastic presentation. Well, it, for me, it was a massively like exciting proposition for me that you guys because first of all, Super Troopers was amazing and super funny. So I'm like, right. okay, these guys are amazingly funny as a group. But then there was also like this horror element to it. So from a camera stand, right, standpoint, it fun. was exciting. And it was like, but here's the thing that let's was go down to Mexico and make this like cool movie that could be really creative and fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a benefit to you was like, I think we're very similar people. Like, you know, like it wasn't, I mean, this might yeah, be, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think like it wasn't Janusz walking in the door. It was a guy who we could relate to, who was a guy just like us, who had a background just like us. And, sure. And we connected with you. And you were cheap. Yeah. yeah. Well, but <laughs> I, they were all cheap. It wasn't like sure. we were meeting anyone yeah, right. who wasn't you cheap. Couldn't, you couldn't afford it. But I'm saying he was a, reg, you know, 
you you meet Larry. Sure, he didn't strike you as like that. Is probably ninety percent of. What, I bet a lot of it. was. But I think it's also ninety percent of how most people get. I hired. think we had a beer out there on the. You know, on the yeah. thing. I'm not saying like you have to drink to. But be I remember our being asked, "Do yeah. you speak Spanish?" And I said, "Yeah, no, I do not." Like I remember thinking, Wait, "I'm not going to lie about you." That. Didn't right. lie. Like, there's a lot of things. <laughs> Everyone you're lies lie. about. Oh, and yeah, I thought in this one case because I knew it was going to be asked. Yeah. I said. No, I'm not going to lie because this will bite me in the ass. Right. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I don't speak Spanish. Right. And they're like, it's okay. The crew's all from Mexico sure. City. They're all going to speak worry, English. Don't worry. Let me speak right. Spanish. Don't worry about it. Um, exactly right. All right. So they told you that the crew spoke uh, English. Spoke, but they, you don't. They can't. No. And I do remember very vividly. Like, but it was fun. Okay. You get the job. It's exciting. Get the job. Super exciting. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know who we, you told no. us right before about oh, yeah, how yeah, you yeah. met so us and we like, land, the these guys. Right. We land in... Uh, uh, Manzanillo, 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 Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. But we are at the Tamarindo, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And shooting Club Dread, we actually shot on the resort that's in the movie. That's I right. Know, maybe, maybe we, we, lived we lived there. We lived there. We lived there, and for it, ten weeks. Yeah. With and it was amazing. It was yeah. like these little huts with like um, all sort of open air and yeah. stuff. And each had their own pool, private little, pool, and the jacuzzi. little pools yeah. outside of each one. And I remember this was probably the first night I was there, and there was a contest. On who could hold their breath underwater <laughs> yeah, longer. Right. You're goddamn right, right. there. Right. Yeah. That's right. And I remember thinking, and so it was like the five or six of us, and uh, we're seriously drunk. Yeah. And right. I remember thinking. Which we were a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like really drunk. <laughs> right. And, and, and I remember like tapping out at like 40 seconds. Yeah. And even at 40 seconds, because I was drunk enough, I was like, God damn it. That like right. was borderline dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> what I remember was. People were taking it super seriously, but sure. nobody more seriously than Steve Levy. That's right. right. So seriously so, because he would not let this punk kid, who was a water polo guy, yes. right. beat him. And this kid had lungs on him. Yeah. Right. So, like, we're getting to a minute 30. We're getting to a minute 45. And at this point, I'm thinking, I, this is where tragedy happens. This is where somebody right. dies, dies. And they think, well, why? that sounds so stupid. Why were they playing this game right. drunk? Yeah. And yet... It was unbelievable because I think he got to like two minutes. And oh, you're 10. not even close. No, I don't remember. But I remember it was astounding would how you, long it was. Would you like to know how long? <laughs> Do I you remember? I, I remember the exact number. I, in fact, I think we used the number in the movie. Oh, oh yeah, okay. right. Because that was I, like your skill as a diver. I, yes, it was. I held my breath for three minutes and thirty-three seconds. That's right. Wow. I remember it was something wow. thirty. Yeah, three thirty-three. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I, like I say, I. I was like in, in okay shape, and I think I was at fifty-two seconds. So yeah, I sure. thought, like, this is impossible. Right. And thinking somebody is that you would just basically die, and then we would have no. Well, I'm actor pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I shut out the the power on my short-term memory <laughs> that, <laughs> that night. Something got disconnected. It all shut down. Something got disconnected there. It's funny because uh, Jay and Johnny Knoxville actually called me up one night from uh, I don't know if it was the Dukes of Hazard if they were just hanging out in some random location. They might have even been like England or something like that. Okay, like supporting Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. But they called me up and wanted to fly me out there. Oh, did I do something? Because there was somebody who was boasting about uh, how he could hold his breath the longest. And, and oh, Knoxville had a guy who was okay. like, like, this guy can hold his breath the longest. And Jay was like, my guy. Yeah, I got a guy. Too. <laughs> I got oh, a guy. that I got would a guy. have been so great. I got a guy. Yeah. That's when you need like the G5 money. Oh, just yeah. to be able to fly a guy in and say, "Well, let's go. We're having Start this contest." Your breath. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's your first impression of Lemmy. Then it was my first oh, no, impression you all, of all you guys. Well, we went on, but it was we a, went great, on a scout. It, it was a we went great, on a scout together. It, oh yeah, the sweaty scout. Yeah, that's yeah. what I remember. Yeah, yeah. The sweaty scout. I, have, I have a ton of pictures of yeah, yeah, yeah. just as we just went because yeah, me, <laughs> me, Kevin, Jay, and you. Yeah, yeah, and Rich. Uh, 
were just sweating so much yeah. that I thought I had like a condition. Then I yeah. thought like I can't do this movie because right. like, I'm sweating too much. What happened was after we came back from the scout and we knew we were going to shoot it, he went to Patagonia. And he bought all these shirts, like these silky uh, jungle like the shirts, dry, dry fit. Yeah, shirts. yeah. So, and he was, and I saw that, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I went to Patagonia, and I bought like three of the shirts, and right. then we wore the same shirts on the set. And, for, and then I wore those shirts exclusively for th- three years. I after. remember that. That was shooting. all I wore. That's what you shot. Right there. I thought shirts. you were just like, like a dude shirt. who liked to wear like lycra. No, like a I fitness guy. I thought like I was like had a medical condition. Yeah, it was like sweating all over our yeah. food that day at that yeah. lunch. Yeah, yeah. laughing just sweating. <laughs> yeah, like, and, like, and then you'd see me walk by dry as a bone yeah, right, in my oh. speedo. Right. Yeah. Mm. I must look nervous. I'm sweating so much. Mm. Yeah, but, but then the other thing was we had a contest later in the movie. Yeah. About who could hold their hand underwater in a big cooler full of, of ice, ice yeah. for longer. Who won that? I, we ended up basically all shaking in the middle with our free hand. And giving up. And giving up yeah, after I remember that. something like 45 minutes. And at that point, that was like, I remember this that. is permanent damage. And nobody's man enough. Nobody's like, you know, going to be enough. the first guy smart enough to basically take their hand out. Yeah. And we're right. all going to basically lose a limb. Yeah. Thankfully, we all agreed upon it because that right. was. Well, we insane. were all suffering, and and obviously none of us had any feeling left in our hand. We're like, this this is real. Yeah, yeah. we give should up. We give up right. now. Like this is this beyond like the the drowning in the pool thing that you probably could see coming. This might be damage that will never come back. I yeah. was I was underwater. I'll say this. I could have gone longer. I was underwater oh, like... Oh, brother. I w- hey, you're talking to the champion. <laughs> Don't you fucking oh, brother me. Well, you like shot I your body down. longer. You like were doing like a whole big blue thing where you like just went into another headspace. Yeah, well, he's also like, a method. He was playing, uh, you know, oh, blonde, well, dive. Yeah, right. But it, it's, it's hard though because actor. when you're underwater just under the surface like that, you can still hear all the riffing. Right, and you can hear like everybody laughing, and at some point it does turns to like it, it turns to like like do you think Concern. he's dead? Is he dead? What's he doing? Should, and then you like put up your hand. You're like you know, he's good. Yeah, like, oh fuck. Um, Larry, I will say this. I remember, uh, and I don't know if it was Jay because I don't know if he had enough film experience at this point. But I remember that the word on the street already was that you were the fastest DP that anybody had ever seen. Oh, like you were. Wow. You were really moving fast. I don't know if that's. Funny. I felt like I was. It wasn't well, Kevin, we, but we not fast be. enough. Yeah, not fast enough. It was a challenging movie. It was and a very for me. It was extremely challenging because it was just you know. Listen, we with like with every step of just working in any industry, but filmmaking is no different. There are politics, and there are like minefields you have to sort of be careful of. And the thing I learned beyond having a great time with you guys and understanding like something about loyalty and really just because you guys were amazingly loyal to me but i took some heat on yeah, that movie absolutely, of course. because i also yeah. remember the movie well, they were looking for scapegoats well they, they were, were looking blaming, for scapegoats yeah. the movie had heat on it i do remember we sat down in a and this was like before we even left for mexico yeah. we sat down in that meeting with uh the then president of fox searchlight yeah, pete rice peter rice and he said saw sounds good guys but i just want you to know something if you guys get in trouble out there and you go over budget, mm-hmm. we're not helping you. Right. And, yeah. and they didn't. And, and they did not. By and day, I remember day thinking. Day three, they tried to pull the yeah, shit on us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember thinking, whoa, man, that yeah. doesn't sound so friendly. It wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, wow, we haven't even shot a moment of film. And this is like the attitude of like, you're yeah. on your own. But they yeah. want to fire you. They fired Jay. They fired Jay during the shooting of the movie. Oh, I did not know that. You no, know, you knew that. It was when that second unit crew came in. Oh, but that was both. That was the end. Yeah, I know, but they like fired him. They, the, the Bond company was there and said, you know, who who is now directing the movie? That guy's directing the movie. Yeah. And we were like, fuck you. Then you just lost your cast, your crew. Go oh, finish the fucking insane. movie yourselves. Yeah, it was and like... I, we said, let's walk. And remember, and remember, the Bond Company guy came down, 
I remember. Do you remember? And he was on set for a while, and we used to... No, he came down in the second week. Yeah. He was there for three weeks. And yeah. We, and we used to go... We used to uh, sneak... You know, because in the, in the hotel room, in the cabana, in the huts, there was a separate room with the fridge with an ex- extensive mini bar. Yes. Yeah. And we used to... It was like two-man missions. You'd go in there and see if we could sneak into that back bar, because it was accessible from a back door. <laughs> right. So that, of, like, for room service, they could bring... They could clean of it. the Bond guys. Yeah, like, the Bond guys. Yeah. And we'd we would go in him out. Slow Every night, empty his <laughs> minibar, and he'd be getting charged for it. Yeah. Those were some good times. Yeah. But that was... I mean, that was a, as tough a production-wise as oh tough as Oh, my God. And I remember on Bill Paxton's last day, because I was getting peeled, and I was not getting along with the AD, and yep. the... the Producers were clearly working against us. Yeah, and, they and did not want to see us succeed. Yeah. Like yes. they, that was the worst part about it. Is you're thinking, God, we're making a comedy here, and everything around us is trying to work against yeah, us. Because we were paying those guys had a deal where we paid them a lump sum, and whatever they kept exactly. went into their pocket. And right, it was the Mexico way, and so. Inherently, they didn't want to oh give you God. any money or let you accomplish anything. So it was, yeah, it was as challenging as it got. And I remember because at that point, it was like Bill Paxton, who's an awesome guy and all that, was like doing great and he was committed and he was such a fun guy. Phenomenal. And amazing. Yeah. And on his last day, I remember he uh, he left and he said to me, he said, Never, let, never let him see you sweat. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating, and I, and I was sweating Bill, for like four weeks. I think he was saying for future reference. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. This was not a thing for that moment. But I remember. Yeah. But it was something I've kept with me forever, and it's taught me amazing things. Just about everything. I mean, every movie teaches you something, and that movie taught, taught I, me. I have something I need to teach you from that movie. I would love to. Here's here's a mistake that you made. Oh, good. oh, oh I right, I don't good, know if I know. I'd like here's know. a mistake that you made. One day we're shooting. Uh, we're shooting the. Uh, it was a scene. It was uh, uh, by the pool, and uh, we choreographed this little dance thing, this little crab dance. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so we blocked the whole thing out, and we do the little crab dance. And I remember you were on the other side of the pool while we were blocking it out, and uh, and eventually you came over to the fit, to the shoot thing, and and we said, "Hey, Larry, we blocked out." The uh, crab dance. You, you said, "I know. I was watching from the other side of the pool." And we're like, "Cool. What'd you think?" And you said, "I think it's adorable." <laughs> <laughs> you said, "I think it's adorable." And, and we all went, "What the <laughs> fuck did you say?" <laughs> and you're like, "No, no, that's a good thing." And we're like, "This is a rated R fucking movie. Yeah. Nothing's adorable <laughs> about it. At least call it fucking adorable. Yeah. Don't ever use that word. <laughs> so don't ever use that word to a comic. I, that's funny. Yeah. What if, adorable? Well, you don't know. Maybe that's Larry's. Maybe that's what got him in with Todd Phillips. No, and well, it is. I mean, that it was a it was hey, a word Larry, that he uses. Me, what, did, what did you think of uh, old school? I thought it was adorable. <laughs> You're hired. You're hired, dude. Uh, but, all right, so we should we should right, we should move we should move along. Unless you had more cup dress stuff. It was a challenge, <laughs> as challenging experience I've ever had in my life. It was. But again, it, it's like invaluable to me as to like just what I do now. All, everything about that movie. Yeah. Everything about. I it. mean, the talent. You name it. Such talent. Amazing. But why looking back? Hey, we look at, back at that movie, dude. Penelope. I mean, that movie. Just that's her favorite. Was thing maybe in the one Penelope. of the the you couldn't have a more fun shooting experience though. I mean, just the exactly. movie. So it was like we look back on that movie and it's like that was a hell. That was a great. But even at the time, I remember several times we would sit there in the ocean at the end of a day of shooting or in one of those private pools and say like we should all just sit here for a moment. And just appreciate what <laughs> exactly. this is because it's probably never going to be this that's good right. again. That's, that's right. right, and that's the, that's right. the case. But yeah. it was only just the beginning for Larry Sher. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so Dukes of Hazard, yes, came which, out of Club Dread, which is a now you're in the fifty million, sixty million dollar budget range. I mean, right. this is the jump. And also, you know, oh, wait, no, hold no up. business hi- being hired, but that's where Jay. You shot Garden State first, though. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but Jay, right after, Jay was loyal to you. Wanted you to come do. Yeah. Right show. after uh, I did Garden State. Right after shooting I, Club Dread. I feel like you know when I watched Garden State, even with that, even you know I knew that you had you had filmed it, but I felt that that movie at the time was going to take you to a different place. Specifically, I remember looking at the overhead pool shot. Do you know the you yeah know the shot I'm talking about? I, was, I think he's familiar with it. Okay, well, you know, listen, the guy, the guy eats projects for breakfast kidding. and shits them out. I know, I know. He knows every shot, every frame. But I mean, the Garden, Garden State, that movie in and of it's itself, a beautiful is, movie. is is a resume. Beautiful movie. Oh, thanks, you're thanks. Well, and welcome. that that yeah, it was that. It certainly, movie was like that next watershed thing yeah. as far as now. Like kissing Jessica Stein, it gave me another movie that people could speak to sure. and say, "Oh, I've heard that. I saw it." Because nobody saw, saw Club it. Dread, but everyone saw Garden State. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the more people saw Garden State. Yeah, but the Lord saw fit to, I to make. It. I know. I saw that Zach Braff just got greenlit on a movie. He's shooting. Wow, he's he's green, he, he, right? he greenlit it himself. Yeah, okay, the Kickstarter. Kickstarter. I was going to ask you. You're attached campaign. to shoot it. I am on the Kickstarter attachment. Yeah, I know. List. I saw your picture on it. Yes. And what? And when is, is it shooting? This it's, summer. It's supposed to be shooting in August. Okay. And you're going to shoot yeah. it. I want to shoot it. That's it's awesome. really good. It's a really good script. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's the future. That Kickstarter stuff. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting what he did. I mean, shoot, he did it in like two and a half days. Yeah. He raised two million bucks. Bang. How did he? And growing. Did he attach a cast first? No. There's no cast. No. It's just him. It's his fact, power. You know, he I, cast some crew. He attached Larry. Seriously, yeah. if you go to the Kickstarter thing, he's like, I attached a production designer and Larry Sure. And that's boom. And then you got the fucking money. Now, you feel that? You feel what that is? That's called power, Larry. It really is. I and think it's Zach's power. That's and there's no. a picture of like Zach on phones. the camera and like Larry standing next to him, like looking, you know, framing up the shot, that kind of shit. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That you're gonna that guy, Larry has an aptitude. I know, for, for, for that shit. <laughs> All right, so... So, so Duke, so, so you do Garden State. It's a fucking huge success. Yeah, and Jay... And then you go to Duke's. Jay says, I'd like you to shoot Duke's. And uh, I knew the studio didn't want me to shoot it. Yeah. Because I hadn't shot anything over that couple million dollars. Right. Now that know. studio kisses your ass. But yes. <laughs> that studio is the same studio that produced all the Hangover movies. Oh, yeah. I know. And Greg Silverman, who, right. God bless him, was the guy who ultimately approved me. Yeah. And great Greg guy. is a great guy yeah, and yeah. has moved on to amazing things. Yeah, now yeah, the yeah. president of production there. So, yeah. you know. And so Jay said, I want, my guy, I want my guy to, to shoot. Yeah, and I knew also because of all the politics stuff of of doing that, but that this was going to be a similar kind of minefield. But I was up for it because I knew I was a little bit more prepared. Because I knew, like, all right, well, now I'm going in a situation where I'm not necessarily the studio's guy. I'm only the director's guy. And it's a movie that, for both of us, was challenging in all different ways. I mean, you had never done that stuff. Not that kind of car car work. No, no, no. Not scale. at all. Yeah, and it's a fifty, sixty million dollar. Yeah, it was a huge, huge step up, yeah. like massive. Like, yeah. and also, I mean, just the hype surrounding it. Yeah, I mean, and th- also, way well before it even was finished. I mean, while it was shooting, it was one of those movies that the press was all over yeah. because of Jessica. Simpson. And War- Warner Bros. was very. It was at the up. height of Jessica's. Yeah, yeah. Jessica's and like it, sort it of is a is a, pro- a property. That Warner Brothers was incredible. A beloved they, property. They didn't want. I mean, they had problems with we, what we, things that we did to it. I'm, you know? like, I'm sure, but yeah. I'm super proud of the movie, and I think I love that movie. In spite of like whatever experience we brought to it, I think we did a great job with yeah. it. I really do, and I think the car work is cool, and I think it's amazing. The I, comedy I think, stuff is cool. I think yeah. the stuff with, that she does, yeah. like, is, is uh, the stuff around your environments, were always my fun, most good. fun stuff. There's, there's, like what, when you guys. You know, you guys get blown up and thrown backwards. Yeah, it's super fantastic. fun. That is so, what well, about uh, yeah. what about Farmer Jimmy in the in the cold <laughs> open? 
<laughs> I like that. Did you wait? Did you That's did you do the, the cold open? Yeah, yeah, the reshoot. For okay, sure. yeah, for sure. Do you yeah. remember that? Like, I was in a car accident. Do you remember that? Like, one the stunt of the, car hit the tree. The stunt oh, car. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm not a stunt man, but I was hanging out of the window shooting a shotgun with a rig to keep me in, and the stunt driver crashed into a tree. I do remember that now. Yeah. That's insane. It was. I have that. I ha- actually have it. I have the footage. Yeah, footage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of the accident. Of the accident. Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. Uh, what were the big toys that you had on Dukes to shoot with? Lots that you, of toys. That you toys never, I've you never, cranes, all that shit. Well, the, helicopter shot. The biggest thing. No, we. I, I, it was a helicopter shot. Yeah, but that was just when, uh, right. like, just like shot to shot from above there when that you know at the yeah, end right, of the yeah. race. But that I don't really count as yeah. so much that. The biggest thing was Dan Bradley, who's an amazing, like right. the preeminent. He was a second unit, second director, unit director, which is kind of in charge of like a lot of the actiony driving shot yeah, type exactly. stuff. Yeah, exactly. In like most of the big movies, like I know he did like the Bourne, one of the Bournes. He yeah, did Ronan. He yeah. did like uh, two, if, you know, at least one, maybe two of the the 007, recent 007 movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. amazing stuntman, and yeah. he he directed. First unit, his own picture Red, for Red, uh, Red Dawn. Dawn. He did a remake yeah. of Red Dawn, yeah. But super talented. So he had tools I had never seen before. Sure. He had tools that now have become like what is a very specific tool called the Ultimate Arm, which is like a car that has a crane arm on it and right. all remote, and you can do just amazing driving work. But he had developed his own version of that where it was like, uh, I'm trying to remember even now because I haven't used We used it a little bit on Hangover 1, which was soon after that. But there's like, but it was like a buck. It was like a, a ghost driven car. Yeah, yeah. Where the guys could be, they're driving know, from a different plate, like a different exactly. Yeah, 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 so yeah. a guy's driving in like a little pod straight up in front, and there's yeah. a little working platform for a camera crane or cameras, and then Johnny and and Sean could be in the front, and they could be whipping around corners, doing things you traditionally couldn't do. Yeah, with a camera, in like well, uh, a camera car, yeah. an insert car, like most most movies are shot. That was one of the coolest things about Dukes. You know, I had been a Dukes of Hazard fan when I was a kid, but going to Dan Bradley's to like the warehouse, yeah. I, I think they got a car dealership that that they made the headquarters yeah. for him, and there were something like fifty, a hundred uh, General Lees, yeah, like yeah, thirty, forty of them out there, like, yeah. all In different kinds, yeah. and, and to see them launch it. Like yeah. when they oh. first started launching them, because yeah. they would use basically, you know, ever since the Dukes of Hazzard TV show, they don't jump stuntmen in cars anymore because yeah. their guys are breaking their backs yeah. on yeah. the landings. And so, like a shovel, like a catapult, right? You'd push the car and it would go without 80, a driver in there. Without you a just driver shoot it up in the air, you'd just like shovel it eighty miles an hour yeah. in like eighty. It's feet. like a big slingshot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it would just fly the car. Remember when we landed the car in traffic? Was the coolest yeah. shot I had ever seen. I mean, that's at that great. Point. Uh, uh, I mean, was it weird for you? This is the first movie then. Like, I remember what was weird for us was, like, this whole concept of second unit. Yeah. Like, there was 29 days of second unit on that movie. Yeah, huge. Meaning there's a crew somewhere else shooting footage while you're shooting the movie. Yeah. And uh, as a DP, was that a weird thing for you? It I mean, was weird. Your hands on guy. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was weird for me, and, and there's a little bit of an ego thing there, simply sure. because... Do you even like to talk about it? Yeah, no, I don't mind. <laughs> Did you want to punch mind. Kevin with hands? <laughs> no, not question? at all. No, no I no, think no, it's no. a good question. No, 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 because obviously, like, I now recognize it in a whole different way. But in a way, I recognized it even then, but now more so, that like, okay, they saw Jay and myself as... Jay was the sort of the arbiter of comedy for the movie. Yeah. And they needed somebody who could protect them for all the action because yeah. they knew they didn't need to deliver action. And they weren't going to, they, they couldn't look to me because it's right. not like I had anything on my resume to do that or Jay. Right. So they Bradley. needed a powerful second unit person. Yeah. yeah. And I realized that they were like, in their eyes, they didn't even know there was a first unit. 
Like they literally <laughs> don't think they knew there was another movie going yeah, on. Yeah, and who who the studio or the second unit? Second unit. Okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah. yeah, gotcha. yeah. Right, I right. think they, like literally. I remember seeing talking to the second unit DP yeah. or even Dan, yeah. and they would look at me like, "Yeah, whatever, kid. Doesn't yeah. matter." Yeah, well, because because yeah. Dragon saves and launching <laughs> exactly. cars over here. You yeah. guys are making jokes. I know because I would like ask. I would like say like, you know, I had this lighting, and I would try to like chime in, which is my job. Yeah, yeah. get the fuck out of here. And they would literally look at me like, "Yeah, right. It doesn't but, matter." But that was I remember at the time that. Pretty much every stunt stunt driver in the world was making themselves available. Yeah. Like they wanted on that particular job because it, the legend oh, it of the ridiculous. driving was so, and the stunts. I remember sitting in a meeting with Jay and Jeff Robinoff, and Jay's like, um, "The stunt guys want to attempt the uh, oh, that's longest right. jump in the world, and uh, ever on, ever on camera or something it was like eighty, like break feet. the world yeah, record, break the world record for the biggest car jump." And Jeff was like, uh, this is the head of Warner Brothers Studios. And he's like, well, can someone get hurt? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, well, what's the point of doing it then? He goes, well, you'd have on camera the greatest job. In the publicity yeah, of it. Anything. And Robin was like, no fucking way. Yeah. You know, he like, dinged it right there. He said, there's no fucking way we're doing that. I mean, what, for the, the glory of the longest sure. jump, I kill a stunt driver? Exactly. Not going to happen. Exactly. Not going to happen. Yeah. And like, I, I remember but that was the mentality. But that was I the remember. thing. On that, yeah. on that set, there was so much Fucking testosterone. Oh, oh my unbelievable. god! Oh my god! Every, so every, all these great drivers and just... stunt coordinators. Oh, like yeah. you know, like Darren Prescott. Oh, Darren's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. He's he did a greatest. bunch of he our just movies. Did drive. That. Yeah. Oh, he, he did, did drive. No, he did beer fast, which is great. Yeah, drive yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he did Paul with me. He's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. And but but like you know. I do, but I do take pride because there was a little bit of an ego thing of like, yeah. all right, but all right, not I, not a confrontation. They jumped some thing. stuff. No, not at all. Yeah, in fact, yeah. it was more like I just want to make have some ownership over some of these stunts in the movie. Mm-hmm. So the ones that I like, you know, the fact that they did put a stunt driver in one jump in the movie. Yeah, and this was like Dan was saying this. He's like, the problem with stunt drivers is they're human, and like they f- fuck up. And yeah. I remember Dan jumped that final jump outside the courthouse. Yeah, yeah. And it was a real stuntman. Yeah. And he just took whatever it was. He took his foot off the pedal for like a millisecond. Yeah. And he fell 20 feet short, which right. meant if he fell 20 feet short, he missed every camera because the cameras are placed so specifically yeah. to see it land at a very specific spot. Right, right. And I remember we had to do that jump ourselves. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, we get Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to be so bummed out if right. like we do this whole movie and Jay and I don't. Get to get jump, jump one of these ourselves, right, 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 and so right. we had to go back to the, and because of the schedule, yeah. like all right, we're jumping, and we put thirteen cameras out there, and oh, God, thirteen final fucking jump. cameras. Yeah, Can you believe crazy. that? That's unbelievable. It was crazy. Also, considering we what we were doing, thirteen before. cameras in our Jesus other movies, Christ. we haven't used thirteen cameras total. I <laughs> know, uh, in all the movies combined, yeah, we haven't used thirteen cameras. No, it, that was the thing. I mean, that was the amazing thing about that movie. It was a different, it was a different realm. You know, you yeah, into that realm. All right, so so. How do you go from they love you then, and that's how you get hangover? How do you get to hangover? Um, from Dukes to hangover. It's pretty, it's like two, three yeah, years. Yeah, I get to hangover. Well, because you friend, shot Paul basically. in that movie. No, 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 no. Paul was after hangover. Uh, I love you, man. No, later. I shot, okay. Yeah, I shot this movie, Dan in Real Life. Oh, Dan then, in Real Life, right, right. And the then Steve I, was, movie. I shot I Love You, Man right before hangover. Okay. I went to high school with Hamburg. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I just, we did, actually, just saw him last week. We grew up in the one building over from This is John Hamburg, the director of. I love you. But he didn't go to Dalton. He did. He did? Yeah. Um, Uh, Hangover. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. There's a great writer. I'm going to put a fucking cork in you. (laughs) (laughs) There's this like super, super great writer friend of mine named Steve Conrad who wrote Pursuit of Happiness and The Weatherman and uh, a bunch of movies like that. And he directed his own movie called The Promotion. At the time it was called Quebec. Yeah. 
with John C. Riley and Sean, yeah, yeah, Sean Williams. Yeah, yeah, Scott. I remember that, yeah. But Sean, Sean was in it, and so I knew him from Dukes, and we did that. Mm-hmm. And Sean... That's like an independent film yeah. in Canada or something. Well, right? or... it wasn't in Canada, but it was like in, in Chicago. Okay. and It's a great little movie uh, that Miramax produced, oh, okay. or Dimension at the time. But uh, And Steve was friends with Todd Phillips. So okay. Todd was going to make a hangover. I had just done uh, I Love You, Man, or yeah. just finishing it up. And... So he, Todd was looking for a new cameraman. Uh-huh. And so Steve, I think, had just worked with me, and Todd knew that movie, and so he brought me in. And it was as simple as that. But you, go, you had a good first meeting? It though? was just a good it, meeting. Yeah, had a good meeting. Yeah. Did you make a presentation? And I think in a very simple way. <laughs> well, that's a serious I'm not. I'm not joking. Did I did. I did, but probably not as extensive as the one for Club Dread, yeah, frankly. Right. But I think it was kind of similar to what Kevin said before, which was I think instantly, at least Todd and I, because he's from New York and he kind of has a similar personality mm-hmm. that I think there was just that thing of like, oh, wait, this isn't some whatever. Eastern European Janusz yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, with yeah. long hair. Right. Yeah. This is like a guy yeah, I know. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think at the end of the day, one what? thing that can't be discounted is like you do have to hang out with these people for months. Yeah, and sure. You want to have, have, have a, a working relationship. Yeah, and you yeah. also want to have a brother in the relationship hey, dude, too. There, you want to have somebody you can just you know, feel like is your like is your brother. As we learned in Mexico, there's, there's nothing worse than being in a closed space for – Two and a half months, and tr- and trying to figure out different ways to get away from people. Right. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a pleasant thing. Yeah, and you don't even have to be in a closed space. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, you have to sit side by side with somebody through really trying stuff. I mean, movies are really hard to make, and they're super fun to make. Yeah. But you might. But as there's well always do it. those problems. Yeah. But yeah, no matter what, even when a movie's going well, it's like every day is filled with all yeah. kinds of. And problems so you probably went up uh, against a lot of guys for that. Uh, I don't know uh, who I went up against, yeah. honestly. But you probably but also psyched. had the benefit of Warner Brothers, who I don't know uh, at this point because Todd had done old school, he had done Starsky, yeah. he had. But done I'm saying it was hard trip. to get you approved at Warner Brothers. Oh, at this point, the approval yeah. wasn't as much of an issue. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was an issue at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. but I don't think Todd Todd could have pushed anybody through. He has enough juice. He could. But he didn't then his, though. Not uh, with I Warner think, Brothers. Like he had all that problem. Didn't he get in the cast no, he, that he wanted? Well, oh, they, no. Well, but remember, they greenlit it. I mean, they greenlit yeah. it. Uh, Immediately, but they greenlit it because he made a huge sacrifice. He, did. In he terms took a of, shot. Like on he himself. was like, "I'm not going to get paid on it, yeah, and I'll take it back." That's and which exactly worked out right. for him. But he, I know, I remember because it was, it was, it was the whole issue we had with Beer Fest at Warner Brothers is a very difficult thing to do rated R comedy with those guys, and because they don't do it, they do Batman and they do Harry Potter yep, and that kind of yep, stuff, and yep. and I think. You know, we had problems with Beerfest, and Beerfest didn't perform at the level they wanted it to. And I think Todd had this. Todd was like two years. It was two years later. You know, and yeah. there's he had the same problem. He had to make major sacrifices in order to get For the sure. movie made. They oh, and there are versions of that movie that are would blow your mind. Yeah, Zach's role, uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Paul Rudd is like one of the... I mean, like right. all those were incarnations that nearly happened. No, well, for, and you for can me, think like what the difference of that movie it was might, after we made Beerfest. Silverman was like, will you go meet with Todd Phillips? And I was like, well, what's up? He's like, he's making this movie called The Hangover, and I want you guys to have lunch together. And I was like, okay, I'd love to. And I read the script, and it was fucking great. It's a hilarious script, just because of, oh, yeah. yeah, of the the, the, the vehicle, the, the time, the For story. Sure. It, it's a great read, you know? And I was like, fuck, I'd love to. And then... But he had his own mind. All everyone. Well, okay, what if, he, he what if you were in the Hangover, Kev? <laughs> you wouldn't be doing a podcast now with you. <laughs> you, you. You'd be doing. You'd be doing it with Pete Dominic. You could do your political. Oh, I could. Are you kidding? Me, him and Bradley Cooper sitting that's next good. to each other God, doing a podcast great. right now. Uh, but no, I mean it was. I mean, it wasn't even a, that's a, fucking a chance. It wasn't even a situation. But I'm saying, like, I know Warner Brothers had a lot of ideas yeah. and what they want to do with that movie and how they want to cast that movie. 
and uh, and Todd, you know, dug his heels and said, "I want these people for sure," right? and took a huge shot on himself. Yeah. I remember absolutely. He was like, I took a real gamble. But yeah. remember, it goes back. To, it goes back to the the original original thing is you have to just do it yourself. Nobody else is going to do anything for you. You have to take. You have to believe right. in yourself. And he and did. It. it was a fucking yeah. wild success. And I also, it's one of those things that the the irony of sorts is that. The thing I think that that was so interesting about The Hangover was that because those guys weren't really well known, it yeah. works for the movie. Absolutely. It actually yeah. helps the movie in yeah. a real way. It feels like people are discovering these characters and these actors, so they feel a sense of ownership over it. Absolutely, you know, like they're not just be gi- being being given the same guys yeah. over and over again. But you know, ironically, is a lot of conversations I have with people nowadays like with studios and stuff will be like, "Well, why we want another Hangover?" You yeah. know, yeah. And yet, when you try to then push some new guys, they're like, yeah, yeah we want a want, new hangover, but... Guy. With those guys. But yeah, we're not with those guys. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a really tricky thing, because even if they can speak to the hangover and see it, and physically see that as an example, to then follow through on it is still... Yeah, it's I mean, it's, still it's really lighting reticent. a bottle anyway. It's lighting yeah. a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know when you guys were shooting it that this is... I mean, it's the highest grossing radar movie ever, right? Oh, Ted just beat it. Oh, did Ted just beat it? Really? <laughs> I think so. I okay. Think so. Uh, really? Okay. I think so. Okay. By like a little. Are they going to? Regardless, although, no. Hangover they, Two might still have it. Are they going to make Ted Two? Oh, yes. they are, aren't they? Yeah, they are making Ted. So. But so, like, did you guys know when you were shooting it, or was it just like, no, we didn't it's know guys we, in Vegas having yeah. fun? I mean, it's a rated R movie. It well, we like, knew yeah. for sure pretty early on, particularly once we saw like Zach and Ed start yeah. to find that kind of riff, like that sort of back and forth that they found pretty yeah, yeah. early because yeah. we started in Vegas, which was like invaluable to the movie because it's you started set, shooting the movie. In we Vegas, shot right. the first. Three and a half, four weeks of the movie were yeah. all Vegas. Non-stop. God, that must yeah, have been Yeah, our first day up. of shooting was up on the roof. What was like our second day of shooting was up right. on and the so roof. And so you shot all the roof stuff and shot it out? We shot the roof real. We actually shot on top of Caesar's Palace. Oh, okay. wow. Shot that real. That's awesome. There's a, there's a nice helicopter shot there, too, right? With those guys having that last shot, isn't there a helicopter Well, there's shot? a disastrous shot that's not in the movie that was oh. like my first day of shooting. And I'm like, this guy has already produced and directed three successful movies and... uh uh, this was like the worst first day of shooting. Why? Ever. What happened? Well, because in the script, there's a there's a scene. The script reads where they they go to a night we'll never forget. Right. And they clink, clink glasses, glasses yeah. and then boom. And right. there, and it reads. It says the helicopter a helicopter pulls out, circles around them like three times. Yeah. Goes and then it from night turns to day. Really cool shot. You're like, right, wow, right. that sounds cool. Right, right, right. So I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, how the fuck do we do that I, shot? Yeah. <laughs> so I do some research and it's like, all right, well, we can't get a real helicopter up there because in order to fly a real helicopter over a physical building in Vegas, you yeah. have to clear 500 like feet in all these directions. Yeah. Well, it's Vegas. Yeah. Right. You can't clear that many people. It's like one of the busiest cities in the world. Right. So then we couldn't do it that way. And then I was like, did some research. I saw one of those little remote remote helicopters. Oh, okay. like it's like a remote sure, yeah. controlled sure, sure. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got like a six foot wingspan. It's yeah. pretty big. It yeah. could kill you if it like ran into you. It's yeah. not the tiny. Right. It could decapitate you. One hundred percent. Okay, but you don't have to clear the streets for it. <laughs> you still have to. Interestingly enough, oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. So a helicopter's think, a helicopter. <laughs> it is true. Okay. okay. We <laughs> think. All right. Well, this is the solution. So we, it's this French company, and we bring them out. And short of it is, without trying to disparage them, it was a bag of goods because. It couldn't have gone worse. I mean, we didn't get one usable piece of footage. Right. And these guys, and Todd, <laughs> and Todd's like, Holy who doesn't shit. suffer fools, yeah. was ready to throw both these people and the helicopter right. off the top of the And did you Caesar's catch any heat for that, or no? It wasn't your fault. 
not so much but if the next day didn't go well right. then shit would start rolling downhill okay. Okay. yeah okay. yeah because it was like not a good first day sure this is like fifty thousand dollars just <laughs> tossed over the side of right, Caesar's right, palace right. and it's yeah. like it, was like, it doesn't bet. matter it made 300 million dollars who gives well, it well, you don't know that thing. no we don't know that at all and his galifianakis is making jokes about it probably still to this day he's like hey how'd that helicopter go so how'd you do the shot uh, we we changed it, and this oh. was a part Todd and part just. But Todd. I remember there's a helicopter, isn't it? There's not. There's a helicopter shot the in the movie. But the creative solution, Todd, I think, anticipated pretty pretty early that like this was going to be a disaster because yeah. we saw on a scout that they seemed like this might not work. Yeah, wind. There's all types of uh, things. So he said, let's just shoot a crane shot that pushes past them into the background. Oh, okay. And then I went up like a week or two weeks later, just before we left. And I matched off the footage that exact background and shot a time lapse shot. So now oh, in the movie, cool. which is super elegant, it works great. It's, it's actually a great shot. It's beautiful. It pushes past them as they clink their glasses, yep. and then night turns to day via time lapse. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you the, and the rest is history. <laughs> so you built a fucking giant crane on the top of Caesars? Is that the way it works? Not a How huge crane? crane. No, it was like twenty foot crane. Okay. It just needed enough just to push past them. But okay. but it, you know it worked out. But but. I, I think what we did know while we were shooting the movie was like, okay, at least we're making a good movie. Yeah. Like, we weren't like, oh, we're making something crappy and this right. isn't working. We knew the movie was working, but for it to succeed the way it did. Oh, yeah. I don't think even, anybody, yeah. No, even up to like the day, bef- like the premiere, I remember walking up, uh, going up the elevator with like the the guy who financed the movie. Yeah. Legendary. And he was like concerned because yeah. it was coming out the same weekend as. Um, Land of the Lost. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And he's like, I don't think we're going to be Land of the Lost. He's like, I think we'll do good. I think we'll do well, but I don't think we're going to beat it. I think we're going to come in at around $20 million or something like that. That was right. the thought. Right. And then it and went it to like 44. Yeah. And, just was, and then it was a runaway hit. And were you like, oh, holy fucking shit, this is fucking... I mean, that's like... Well, every story yeah. leads to another story of me fucking up. What, on that movie? No, it was a new movie now. Me fucking up. Oh, what? What's but the new movie? What is your? Do you fuck up once per picture? <laughs> it sounds like it. I honestly think, but here's on the the fir- thing. it seems like the first day. I take a lot of shots. I take it. I take some chances. I guess. No, the, often on the first day, and it's often bad. The funny thing was uh, <laughs> after we made that. After we made one of our movies or whatever, um, you were on a project green light. Remember that? Yes. Right. And so this goes back to Larry. I don't know. It's not taking shots, but like you got into conflict. Like the, your one second on Project Greenlight. It was like like you went in for this inter- interview, and you're with these two yahoos or whatever yeah. who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And you're he's doing his presentation. You've never seen this. You've I, never seen this. You know, no, no, I did. I remember right. at the time you were like Project Greenlight is that show where like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and they fund a movie and it's an independent film gets made and they shoot it. You know, like a reality show. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And so they call Larry in to to interview for this thing. And this Yahoo's sitting across from him, and he's doing his presentation. Well, the two directors. Yeah. And Larry says something, and then in the middle, the guy stops, and he's like, do you inter- interrupt people a lot? Yeah, he said, I just have one question for you. And I remember, like, literally looking <laughs> to my left, and I could see, like, the cameraman zoom in. <laughs> Focus him. Like, I could see him, like, doing a thing with his hand. I'm like, ay, ay, ay. And he's like... I just noticed in this interview and the last interview that you tended to interrupt a lot. <laughs> Is that a problem? Yeah. By the way, Larry, I don't find that to be the yeah. case at all. I don't give a shit if he does interrupt. Yeah. I like I always like Larry's, you know. Yeah. I, no, but I remember I remember when you came back from that and you told you told me that story. Oh right? my god. And I was like I mean, literally, I just thought, oh, God, this is the biggest mistake of my life. Right. There's going to be a montage of me interrupting, and right, why the right, hell right. did I even sign that paper that gave them but a release? But there was a montage. No, no, and in fact, I knew that producer who produced the show, and he said, we looked. 
We were going to put a montage yeah. in. Yeah. We couldn't find it. Well, it, it was designed to make those guys look bad, exactly. ultimately, when they cut And ultimately, together. the way it cut together made me look fine, because yeah. it, it ended with them being But that's not off. what you're talking about, though. I, 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 I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I was talking about... You said you run, run into problems. No, no, no. I, I'm, that's not I'm what joking, because about. most of my stories... To me, if you ask me a story about a movie, it's usually about me fucking up. All right, let me ask you a story about a movie then. Believe me, I would like to make a montage of your interruptions, Kevin. I'd be like, I noticed <laughs> you I mean, over and over again. A lot. I know, but that's just the way. No, life but here's is, a, here's a story a that, that ties into again. Now I move on from Hangover, and huh. at the time Hangover is coming out, I make a movie called Paul. Right. Yeah. Which was also a super exciting Matola, movie for Greg Matola. Matola had yeah. just done super bad. Right. And here was this movie that was like a science fiction movie. It had yep. a lot of elements of like Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. And it's with it Simon Pegg and very, Frost. Yeah, and, and yeah. a heavy CGI element. I had no experience with that level of special effects, particularly CGI. And it was a whole CGI character with Seth Rogen's yep. voice. Yep. So a lot of challenging stuff. I was really excited to make the movie. Well, there's an opening scene in the movie in which they're driving. They're being chased by a car, Simon and Nick, in yep. this like yep. RV. Yep. And... The car goes in front of them, and then it flips over, rolls a bunch of times, goes into the desert, and then they go find the car in the desert, and that's when they meet Paul for the first time. Right. And it's written to be basically night. Well, night in Albuquerque is just pitch black. There are no lights on the freeway. And like in traditional movie terms, what you might do is actually like light up the whole world. Right. But that didn't feel right to me either. I felt like that just feels like a movie. It feels super false and fake. Yeah. So then I, and I, this was like the most challenging thing I had to think about for all, for like a lot of prep was like, all right, how do I shoot this movie? So I did a bunch of tests. I'm like, okay, this stunt, this one stunt, we shoot it at magic hour, which is like a five minute window of time. (laughs) Okay. Right. Okay. And I'm like, we put eight cameras out there Mm -hmm. and we shoot it at five minutes. We got this great opportunity. Right. And that sounds like a, 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 I don't know, a hornet's nest. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. By the way, you should shoot movies in Sweden <laughs> where they have an eight-hour uh, magic hour. No, no, but I was – and I'm still convinced this was the right way to do it, although yeah. I might do it slightly differently now with some more knowledge that I've gained since then. Right. But at the time, I'm like – I've convinced them all to do this. So we haven't even started production. We're actually doing a pre-production day, but we decided to do that stunt on this day. And uh, we get there at a perfect time, and I'm literally like – looking at the the sky and I'm waiting for like this perfect opportunity and our stunt driver who at a certain mark has to flip the car right yeah, right he has to push a button and it jacks the car and ro- throws him into a, a roll and it's a magnificent stunt and like really hard and dangerous and all that shit and uh I'm waiting and I'm waiting and all the car all the cameras are ready and and I'm like all right let's go right. and like he takes off he's driving he's driving he's driving and he just goes boom and just drives right past the mark Right. And you hear on the walk and he's like, I couldn't see the mark. I couldn't see the mark. And now I'm like, holy shit. Holy shit. Because four now, minutes. <laughs> no, now, like reset, reset. Yeah, and yeah. I'm literally going, it's too fucking dark. Like yeah. literally, it's like it's just going to come out black. Right. There's yeah. no lights out there. We're right. literally shooting with no lights. Right. Yeah. And here I am like, I have to get on the walkie and say, we can't shoot. Right. I mean, like eight cameras, yeah. the whole production. The whole day is done. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have to be the guy. Did you do that? And I did oh, that. That's the you fuck didn't just shoot it anyway? This is the fuck up. No, no, no! It wasn't a fuck up. If we had shot it, it would have been black. I see. Right. I'm like, we've lost, we've missed the the opportunity. We have to come back tomorrow. Right. And what does Greg say? Greg was okay, but yeah. people are flipping out. And then the the one thing it, that allowed me to do this. Now, this is something you sometimes have to do. It's challenging, but it's like these things happen sometimes. Yeah. Um, is Hangover came out that day? 
Okay. So Eric Fellner, who's like the head of Working Title Pictures, who was okay. financing the movie, mm-hmm. was so excited about how much money Hangover was making and that he had the cameraman of the Hangover yeah. making his movie. <laughs> right. So when I said, we can't shoot, he's like, sure enough, let's go. Oh, we'll come back tomorrow. Do you, awesome. Do you feel that, Larry? That's power. And I was like, power. <laughs> that was it. Right. I was like, God, thank God it was killing that yeah. night. Right. Because if it Hangover was bombing. Yeah. I would then it's his fault. <laughs> right. exactly. it's that. Like, why do we have this guy? Yeah. This Yahoo shooting a stunt at Magic Hour? <laughs> what are you fucking kidding me? Five minute window. Yeah. Jesus right. Christ! Yeah, it was. It was kind of saved my ass. Jesus, that's fantastic. And yeah, and then we shot the next day, and it was fine. And you were fine. Yeah. All right. Exactly. What about Dictator? How was that? Dictator was super challenging. Okay. Why is every story I say challenging? Well, you mean these are these are I big. Sound like these I'm are failing. Well, well no, upwardly. these are, well, you're I, obviously not. You're obviously not. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Are you are you learning? Anything? Am I the problem? Are you learning anything Perhaps. in this process? Every single time, I learn like at, so much every time I work on every movie. Like at this point, when you're about to shoot the Dictator, are you a master of light? Like, do you know? Like, do you well, use a sundial instead a, of a watch? <laughs> But that, that I I don't have as much of an issue with light. Now, the biggest thing with every movie has zero really to do with the lighting and all the rest of that. That I just take for a matter of like, okay, I'm going to figure that out, find the best way to light the scene, blah blah blah. The biggest thing, and how I approach every movie is genuinely like, how can I, how can we best get this movie to like get yeah. off its feet and be funny and all that yeah. stuff. Um, and what's I mean, like that's a key thing I think for a DP and particularly. You you you're uh, uh, do major comedy movies. Yeah, it's not like you're doing the Bourne Ultimate. Like, what's the di- like? What is that key well, for, for you? Me, the key for me to is, make that comedy movie is get is allow the actors to be as funny as they can be. Right. How do and you do? I mean, how do can you help that? Work okay. fast. Yeah, okay. work fast. Okay, give a lot of freedom to the actors to work in a space so right. that I don't make get, him hit his mark. Yeah, not get crazy about marks or get yeah. crazy about like really specific technical shots or lighting or anything like that. Like keep it as loose as possible so that it can play as funny and that yeah. the actors feel like they're moving at a pace that they don't lose that yeah, funny. Sure. And they don't lose, do lose you ever, the comedy. Do you ever throw out an idea at an actor? Like Galifianakis, were you, were you ever like, yeah, you should I have. try a... Uh... I have with Zach and stuff. Yeah, every once in yeah. a while it comes in there. Did you? Are any of your suggestions in the movie? Like were you like, you should call it a wolf pack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can't take credit for the wolf pack. No, I, I, I can't take credit for that. There are things I just can't think of specifically. Okay, right okay, I'm, I'm there sure. are definitely little things. There are definitely so, things. There's some things I'm I sure he's not taking credit for the time yeah, lapse yeah, yeah, either. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But okay, so the dictator, like, well, the dictator was, was challenging because of. Well, uh, here's the thing: it's an improv. It was an improv movie. No, that's or? not why. That's not okay. why at all. It's simply because, you know, I took the movie because. I'm a fan of Sasha's. Sure. Right? I think the guy's Who isn't? like the closest thing to like Peter Sellers and right. like this like master comedian that we have that can do like physical stuff and yeah. and really um you know, really broad stuff, but also I think he's a good actor. Like I think you see it in Les Mis, you see it in other things. Like he can act. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a really sure. super he's talented, talented guy. guy. Yeah. Um and, he's also and improvise. Yeah, which he's is a great, which is a real yeah. amazing yeah. improvisational. Yeah, guy. yeah, like he could just go on for hours. Yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest problem with that movie for me was I wasn't particularly interested in just making a movie that would be shot like Borat or Bruno. Like mm-hmm. it was not a mockumentary, right? Right. And so it was for a me, narrative, a narrative. Yeah, it was like all right. Story, here's yeah. a chance for like something like it was. It had this whole element that maybe we were going to shoot in Morocco and. 
like the, the his whole life as the dictator and then there was also New York City and you know what I thought was and what was basically why I was approached to do the movie was like okay let's bring some of the cinematic qualities of the hangover yeah right which is cuz I never treat any comedy like oh this is how you should shoot a comedy and you know turn all the lights on and just shoot whatever you shoot we try to shoot the movies like they're movies like if it's an action scene shoot it just like an action movie yeah you know don't treat it with kid gloves or like a comedy is this like at this point in your career are you just being offered the jobs or are they still bringing you I in? still had to interview and, and is this the kind of thing you're saying to them as your as yeah. your vision of the movie yeah and that's also what exactly what they want and to hear Larry, yeah. Char- Larry Charles is the Larry Charles right, okay. and uh, and Scott Rudin produced it yeah. it was like a cool thing but Larry Charles yeah. directed it yeah Larry yeah. Charles yeah. Uh, yeah. directed it and great super great guy yeah 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 um, and here's the thing the bottom line is I didn't get along that well with Sasha right. yeah and I think partly was because I really genuinely wanted to sort of what I what I believed was okay. Here's here's how I can help you, Sasha. Which is like I can help you make a more cinematic movie. But in order to do that, you've got to release a little bit of of you got to trust, and you also have to just release a little collaborate. bit of that control. Yeah, you have to collaborate. But just bit. also just allow you yourself to just be fo- to do your thing. Yeah, and not get too caught up about where the camera is. Just do your thing. Yeah. But Sasha, because he's built an entire career to that point, and rightfully so, n- has always had that level of control. Yeah. And a massive level of control. Like, he controls everything. He's a real, like yeah. any of these really highly talented guys. Mm-hmm. He just, he, he needs to have his foot in everything. And, 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 and that's how he built his brand from like Ali G all the way up. And it just wasn't the great, greatest fit because yeah. most of those times it was at, at odds with what I felt it was my intention for being there, which was to make something cinematic. Yeah. Right. Make something funny first and foremost, 100%. Right. But also try to make movie. it. Yeah feel a little bit different than yeah. what he had done before. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, those didn't necessarily jive with like him feeling, you know, completely loose and all that stuff. And it was just challenging. I well, mean, we just, we just bumped heads. And isn't know? he, as I understand it, he's always in character. So when you're bumping heads, aren't you bumping heads with like a dictator <laughs> yeah, of a Middle Eastern country? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the movie should have, the movie is, the, the irony is like, <laughs> so you're making a movie called The Dictator. Yeah. With Sasha Baron He's Cohen. Like, I want the camera over here. <laughs> Too many close-ups. Now, but uh, uh, I know that Todd had a problem with him on Borat. Wasn't there a conflict with Todd? Was yeah. There, is, there some, Todd is there some connection between that? I mean, like you have a great relationship with Todd. And yeah. Well, Todd had a problem and, with the and, guy you had a time with Yeah, him. and I think, honestly, it's Did like... Did you guys compare notes as, about that? As much, yeah, and it happened almost to the day, like, okay. like three weeks into shooting. Like There were all kinds of similarities that it was like... And Todd, who frankly was like, I don't think it's a good fit. Yeah. And then I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Looks at me like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> right. Listen right. to me. And right. the thing is, because Todd and I have personality that's very similar. Yeah. Todd, even Sasha should have known. Like it, everything right. led to the point of like, wait a second. If Todd and him had issues, then me and him are going to have issues. Right. And it did. It was like this. And it was the same issues. It yeah. was the same kind of sure. stuff. Of did like, you, you finish the movie though? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, uh, and I think the movie was really funny. Now, I also think, quite frankly... Again, and maybe this isn't the most politically correct thing to do, but like, or to say, is that I also think Sasha, because he's so entrenched into the control of the movie, needs somebody else that can help him find. Because sure, there's sure. stuff in that movie that you is always need some hundred percent genius, hundred yeah. percent genius. Absolutely. And the movie I think is a like a seventy-six minute running time. Yeah. No movie needs to be that short. Yeah. I don't care whether... The movie works. I saw a three and a half hour version of the movie. Uh-huh. And in spite of my issues of the movie, <laughs> yeah. in spite of my issues of making the movie, I literally wrote a whole thing 
like to my camera assistant after seeing that three and a half hour cut and said, it's fucking brilliant. And, yeah. and Sasha, even the times when I disagreed with Sasha, he was right. And God, he was funny. And this scene's brilliant. And I can't believe that scene and blah, blah, blah. But in 76 minutes, none of that's left in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly think it's like you can shave it out because you want to stack jokes in there. But I don't think that's the way that movie should have been. Yeah. You chase jokes to, the, to your own detriment yeah, in well, that movie. Unfortunately, in this, in this industry, and I'm sure every industry, you know, when people get that much control, there is nobody who's got the guts to say no to them because you know, they're just going to get fired. Or yeah, perhaps, To tell them what they perhaps. think they could do but better. But it's a shame because I do think like – there's a version where you can overtest a movie, you can Absolutely. overthink a movie, you can overedit a movie, yeah. and there's such there's stuff that came out of particularly with, with Jason Manzukis, who's like amazing in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Those two guys created scenes that were just genuinely as funny as I've ever seen. Yeah, and they're and not in the movie. They're not in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Or they just got they got cut to pieces, or they got cut down to like the the thinnest version of themselves. And I think it hurts the comedy of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. Huh. Again, s- crazy learning experience. Yeah. Because I also learned a lot about myself, about like, you know what? At the end of the day, also, you know, he's Sasha Baron Cohen. Right? Yeah. It's his movie. Sure. And, you well, know. It, it can also give you an idea of like what not to do. You know? That's it's true, like, too. And also just recognize when it's not a good fit or, yeah. or that But, kind I mean, there's, you know, there has to be a collaborative element. You know? For sure. And, and sometimes it gets stifled, right? I mean, yeah. And I think a bummer. I, I just also a think it's hard. And the, any job that's this creative. Yeah. I feel like you can get so inside yourself that you you need somebody with outside sure. perspective to help. Sure, yeah, and but no, you know, I mean, it's true. It's like when we're write, doing writing projects. I mean, it's it's all it's like dating, even you know, like you, you get hired for a job and you do it and you're on it for a year and you fucking hate it, you know, and you're like, I I should never have taken this thing. I'll never do it again. Yeah. So now you know. The but my one of my memorable things about Dictator was. So I was there for like nine months in New York. Yeah. And to relax, I like to play poker. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I'm like, I'm gonna go to Foxwoods. There you go. Go play f- poker at Foxwoods. Oh, so yeah. you want to play real poker? I want to play like real poker. Yeah, because it was like a weekend. And I was strangers. like, I want to go play poker. Right. And I go there, and sitting, and then there's like a comedy club at Foxwoods. Right. Comics. And there's a picture we've performed there that says <laughs> coming in. This is like a week later. Oh really? Oh. Kevin Heffernan and Steve yeah. Lane. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so. I couldn't have been more excited. I was right. like, what? We're yeah. jumping what? all over your story. Okay. Yeah, okay. This is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have been more happy. It was the worst. It was that one of the worst, was worst shows ever. Was it was it? the worst. Well, people don't go to Foxwoods to go see comedy. They yeah. go to play poker. They That's go to right. that. And, yeah, and yeah. when they lose, then someone comps them to go to the comedy. And then they're pissed off. And, and they're, they're drunk. Off. And they're drunk. And they're drunk. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a horrible... Uh... <laughs> but we had we had a thing. We had a great thing at Fox, which, which was that Loretta Lynn was performing at like the big theater, and she canceled because she was sick. And so all the people that were there, and she's got a much older audience now, mm. they comped them all free tickets to come <laughs> see the comedy show. And literally, there are people... Coming in on like scooters with like nose hoses, oh like God. oxygen in their noses, and they're mad because now they're like, I'm not paying my goddamn two drink minimum. <laughs> but we're looking at a club of like drunk people who have lost at gambling and a room full of octogenarians. It was fucking terrible. It was a horrible thing. We, it was the worst. It's probably we the worst are, show we are, ever. We are, we are. Oh, it was terrible. but That's I right. thought it was if cool. If you were there, they were doing this whole comedy yeah, tour. Yeah. yeah. No, we have, yeah. Yeah. Love it. I um let me I want to come can I one more story for whatever full circle we're we're way over but that's okay the um sp- you know come back to the dictator of it not the dictator but whatever so I'm uh uh, uh I get an audition for this movie in uh, Paramount 
And so um, I'm not gonna say what movie it is, but right. uh, uh, I get this audition to go in for this movie, and uh, I'm looking, and there's no director attached to it, and I'm like, what the? F- there's no director attached. Why would I go in for the, read for this movie? And they're like, well, they're just pre-seeing people. They're about to hire the director, and blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, uh, okay. Well, you know, book the thing, and we'll go in, and we'll meet the casting director, and we'll do it. And so, um, uh, week goes by, they finally book it, and I'm like, they hire a director yet? I said, no, no, they haven't hired a director, but there's they have a guy they're going to hire. And I was like, well, who's the director? He said, uh, it's the DP. They think it's the DP from The Hangover. <laughs> and I said, that's Larry. I, I, I'm sure it's not Larry. And they said, they said, no, 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 it's the DP from The Hangover. And I was like, do you know the guy's name? He goes, no, no, I just know that he's the DP from The Hangover. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no fucking way. And then, sure enough, you were in the running to direct this movie. We I don't know. have to say what it I was. Know the movie, yeah. yeah, and it collapsed. It didn't. Yep, it did yep. fell apart, and, uh, and it never happened. But. Uh, that would have been, you would have been great in that role, by the way. Uh, maybe. By yeah. the way, you would have been fun. It would have been fun. A lot of fun. It would have been fun. It was you. It would have been fun. But I was like, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so this is the thing. So is that the next step for you? That is the next step. I mean, because here's the other thing. Then I go over. I told you this in an email. I go over to. Um, uh, Todd Phillips' company, yes. and I meet with uh, I meet with the guys over there, yep. and we're talking da da da, and they're like uh, we're talking about some project. What do you guys have going? Well, we have this thing that Larry Sher is going to direct. They're like, wait, what is it? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that ultimately you wanted to direct. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, it's been sort of in my head for a couple of years now. And yeah. I think just as you get older, and I just was like, I got to take a shot. Sure, take a shot when you can. Yeah, it's sure. Like, it's not, like that guy from the Smart and Final younger. parking lot. Exactly. You, you exactly. So. And I think part partly it was dictator brought it on. Yeah, it was like post dictator. I thought, well, here it is. I want to take this shot. And and Todd, and belie- I knew Hangover sounds like they believe was, in you. New Hangover Three was coming out, so I was going to do Hangover Three no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I spent most of the the year before shooting Hangover Three, basically putting some ducks in the row to kind of start finding something to direct. And so. what? And how's that? What's the deal? How's it going with that? It's great, but it's it's, it's, a, you, it's a it's, it's yeah. a it's a haul. Would you? It's a haul. I mean, the one thing as a sh- guy who shoots movies for a living, yeah, is I love making movies. It's yeah. like I love it. I love every single day of shooting, even the worst days, even sure. the days that I described here. Like every day is great, and I love the job. Yeah, but every day I'm shooting. Every yeah. day I'm making a movie. Yeah. A, and when I get called to make a movie. The it's already together. Th- the three years of the like development, oil, the five the years, all the stuff that literally makes me like people go crazy has already been done. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm in the midst of all the crazy. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's as exhausting. It's agonizing. It's way harder than anything else I've done before in my life. Oh yeah, yeah. Just trying to get a movie. What's well, what people always say to us? Like trying to move. We get, get a movie all this going. shit on the internet. Like why aren't you making this movie? Why aren't you making that movie? It's because it's fucking hard. Yeah. You can't. It take. It's like you got to align all the stars. To get these fucking things yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. and that's where you are. That's where you're trying but to frankly, yeah, and, and yeah. Frankly, so. when you think everything is going your way, it's not. <laughs> and then at the when you think all hope is lost, the green light yeah, comes. Yeah. Exactly. And and you could be as Todd said, is like there's a hundred movies at the ten yard line. Sure. And there are movies at the three yard line. Yep. And there are movies yep. but getting it across that goal line it's is like a whole different impossible. ball game. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta carry it on your back. So yeah. For me, I mean, I have a couple things developing. And, and like, developing meaning what? Are you, are you writing them? Or no. you, you like have one, somebody else writing things, them? Or? Both things were things that were already sort of scripts that existed. One was for Ivan Reitman called Bastards. Yeah. Right. Um, and these were at Todd's company? Or, or, that's, or, a, that's a Paramount. Okay. And then the other one's called Staycation. Staycation. And that's, that's a Green with right. Todd yeah. and uh, Kevin Hart. Yep. Maybe it'd be the guy in that, yep. which would be great. I'm a big yeah. fan of yeah. his. Yeah. 
Um, and then, like you said, the th- project you talked about was like an open directing assignment, which yes. is also things that I go up for. Yeah, are like, and are you actively going up for those? Yeah, for oh, sure. Great. For the, sure. The nice thing about that one was, uh, you know, Kevin told me that story, and I was up for that uh, for that movie too. I think maybe this or a, par- a different part. Different part. Yeah. I can. Im- I yeah. mean, I know which parts. Yeah. If I was, it was up to me. Yeah. And I was excited, mind you. I was excited to be a part of that movie because I thought, oh, here's my chance. I can actually put <laughs> yeah. people I like into this, movie. Like into this right. movie. Well, but but, but I, again, I would have been a puppet on that movie. But sure, I was absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Given the <laughs> circumstances. I know, I know. <laughs> exactly. Totally, totally. Although that one, it was like, you know, they were like, oh, are you going to read for this person? And you're like, no, I'm going to wait and see how this director thing pans out. <laughs> well, that's what it came down to. <laughs> it was win. like, well, if if that's the guy that they're hiring to be the director, why don't we just wait and we'll go read for the director? Yeah, like, yeah, Why yeah, am I going to yeah. go read from casting agent who's going to ding me when I can go read for and have a, And have a much better shot. Who's a decision maker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And have a decent shot. <laughs> yeah. a decent shot. No, and I say that uh, it's a slam dunk if it was a normal movie. Yeah, but absolutely. I was not the, the decision maker No, no, that no. was the movie. No, no, no there, there's greater forces at work. <laughs> but uh, what? So, so what? where do you stand now? Do you have something that you... I'm you just gonna happen? Those Do you movies. think it's going to happen? There's nothing imminent. There's nothing right. I'm starting tomorrow. And in terms of directing... But I'm hustling. I'm hustling and working on it. Yeah. Well, you have to. Yeah. Would, you, would you be a director who then just sat back and directed with a director of photography next to you, or would you shoot the thing yourself? Depends on the movie. Okay. If it was something small and the circumstances were right, I would still shoot it myself. Yeah. I yeah. would absolutely. Because there was a version of it where... You know, some, some Soderbergh version where it's like it's yeah. a small thing and you just... I know I have... This skill set, yeah. and I can do all that. So that that would just allow me to sort of just do it in a really efficient way. But I think like the two movies that I'm um, developing now, those those studio movies, I would have a cameraman. And would you yeah. go? Um, would you prefer to do comedy or drama? Well, or they're action, both they're both action. comedies. I okay. think the perfect scenario for me is something that is forward moving, like a a you know like a, a movie that has like some Club action. Dread. Yeah, like yeah. but no, but it, it's something that frankly still is cinematic. Right. Like it has to be funny, and I recognize that that's going to be a genre that one I'll have a better shot of getting something kickstarted in, but also like it's just I love comedians and I like funny movies, and I've right. shot a lot of comedies, so yeah. I like those movies, and thankfully they still greenlight those movies. Yeah. Um, but I but like Hangover or Due Date or Paul or those kind of movies or Dukes that it has something cinematic inherently in sure. it, whether it's action or. Or, you know, some sort of forward-driving kind of thing. Yeah, as opposed to... For instance, again, we're being cryptic about this movie, but, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the one that fell apart that Kevin... That I was going to do, they flipped and went and made another movie right away. Exactly, yeah. But I turned that movie down. Okay. Because it didn't feel like it exploited any of my skills. That's right. That was more of a relationship-y... Yeah, it was like a rom-com family thing, and I thought, well, there are way better people to do this movie well than me. Yeah. Like that, the West, the thing that we were talking yeah. about, which is like a Western, yeah. I thought was like, oh, this is great. I can bring a certain skill set here and help these guys make a better movie than maybe they wouldn't, they would with a different director. Yeah, so right. for that, it was like exciting for me. I want you to, I remember I was going to play, it was a mute character that I was going to audition <laughs> for. And, and there was a, there was a scene where like he has to describe witnessing somebody having sex with his mom. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, I remember working out my routine. Oh, that that's pretty good. Yeah, and like all of vulgar, there's a lot to do. Yeah, just like I was gonna do, but just with nonverbal, <laughs> nonverbal, nonverbal would be he's pretty to great. Describe the the sex that he saw, the men having sex with. His I feel like we should shoot that scene. Just, just do it. Let's do it because it's, the movie still hasn't got made. Yeah. So it's like what, what, he'll make it look that? good. He'll make it look good. He'll, yeah. look, he'll make it, it look beautiful. <laughs> Are you gonna? Sh- is there uh, aside from directing? Is there anything you're, you're gonna shoot? Is there any? 
thing on the horizon? Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to go shoot some additional photography on this Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Right, the Ben Stiller oh, yeah, 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 which is a great, great. movie. Oh, yeah, my so God. I read the script. so good. Yeah. Ben is like... The movie's amazing. Is it? Yeah, I'm super excited. A drama? Just to be a part in any way. A no, it's a comedy, but it's got like fantasy elements and okay. it's a real romance I thing as well. One. I audition for yeah. that one too. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's, what don't it's you like, audition for? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what I don't audition for. Uh, uh, and what after that? You're going to do the Zach Braff thing? Yep. Uh, wish I Were Here? Wish yeah, I Were Here? Wish I Were Here. And then he, wait, wait, wait. But no, then it's Where all, is that all the focus, and even including the Zach's thing, all the focus outside of those things are just to try to hustle to get these projects going to direct. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's what throw, you should do. I'm going to throw all my Fuck, energy it, during June into like getting both those scripts really going. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that every everything, when I'm not trying to just earn a living still, that's what I'm doing. Well, the nice thing is your safety net here is not, you know, selling lunch off of an elevator. Right. That's yes. what we do. It's a like it's I direct a, a movie, then we do stand up. Yeah. You know yeah, right? that's that's better than selling sandwiches <laughs> too. Um, all right. Larry, thank you very much for Fascinating. joining us. I find Loved this to be our most our most cultured episode of <laughs> Chewing It. Really? We, cultured? Well, we actually talked about a trade. Yeah. We did. We talked it's about true. a trade, and we talked about But talked I think it's a trade art. people are interested in. People, people are, I mean, like, even people it, who photograph the movie, you don't hear it from the, those people. Do you know what I mean? This, is, the, this even, is like the number one guy in the business, right? Even here. if they're not interested in it. You know, when you they've seen the movies you've shot, and that has to be interesting. Tell, tell us, who is your favorite actor that you've worked with? Oh, that's a great question. You can include me. You can't. You can't sell. sell you can include me. You can't sell anybody out. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm not saying the worst. I'm not saying the worst. I'm saying who's the best, or who's the most fun? Who's the best group? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> us, us, or the Hangover guys? You, you guys by far. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah I'm talking yeah. about. That's what who's, you want to hear. Who's funnier? You guys, me or Galifianakis? Come on, come on. <laughs> He's got a better beard than you do. He does have a good beard. Um, all right, let's let's wrap it. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's Thanks, wrap it. Larry. Thank you, Larry. Chew it on the way out. Chew it on the way out. Yeah, chew it on the way out. Yummy, mm. yummy. Mm. All right. Now leaving nerdist.com. dot <laughs>